Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. It's time to strap our boots on This is the perfect day to die Wipe the blood out of our eyes In this life there's no surrender And there's nothing left for us to do Find the strength to see this through
once again for coming to Bard's Logic Political Talk, part of the conservative conversation. And it is nice to be back. I know uh, I've been gone a couple weeks, but it seems like a lot of patriots get together on Wednesday nights to have meetings and educational seminars, things of that nature, which I have been attending. And uh, we're hopefully getting one of our – we're scheduled tonight to get one of our guests, Jim Condit Jr., uh, from last week on the show talking about the uh, precinct project. And we're going to discuss how the precinct strategy uh, can take the GOP back from the rhinos, and I would say it can even work to get socialists out of the Democrat Party. Because definitely Americans need a true opposition party to the fascism the current Democrats are bringing to our nation. So a little bit about our guest, Jim Connor Jr. is a longtime investigator and political activist. Since 1979, he has been sounding the alarm about the illegal, unconstitutional, and easily rigged computer elections counted on secret computer programs. Since the 1980s, he's been using the little-known reasonable access law to jump over the heads of major media and radio stations to talk directly to the people on big TV and the radio stations. Uh, look for his book entitled A Reasonable Access Law, and also visit his website at openlettertodonaldtrump.com and watchthevoteusa.com, which he is uh, one of the founders uh, there of watchthevoteusa.com. And I know with uh, the open letter to Donald Trump, uh, back in 2016, uh, he and, and frankly us here at Bard's Logic uh, were working diligently to try to get uh, information to uh, candidate Trump at the time, uh, warning him about electronic voter fraud. Now, he was talking about voter fraud, of course, uh, but then also once it was finally brought to his attention uh, to start talking more about uh, the electronic voter fraud. So I know, Jim, I just had a very brief conversation, not even conversation, uh, calling him in uh, about being in the show. He said he'll call in a, in a couple minutes. Uh, he's, again, at another event, uh, working hard uh, for our liberty. So we're looking forward to having him on. So hopefully he'll be calling, uh, calling us in shortly. If we don't hear from him, then we will, you know, I'll try to reach back out to him uh, in a little bit. But we do got uh, some, a couple of our panelists on here, so let's go ahead. And prior to Jim getting in, now once he gets in, I might have to cut you guys off uh, to get him in or, or call him to get him in. So let's go ahead and welcome Joseph. Uh, thank you very much, Joseph, uh, for coming to the show. How are you tonight? Hi, it's a pleasure to be on, and I'm going to give three to four minutes to a very special guest who I pulled strings to get on the show. And I'm going to defer my time out for you. Don't worry, I vouch for him. Uh, but uh, he's a very important person. You can see. Is proceed. this on uh, Area Code 765? Say it again. So uh, I have someone else here for Area Code 765 looking to chime in. Is no, that him? No, no, not at all. No. Uh, you can proceed. Oh, no, go ahead. And uh, do you have your. Oh, no, I meant do you have, I guess. you or? Yeah, my guest, you may proceed. Oh, go ahead. Hold on one second. Hello, are you there, my guest? Uh, 
probably having some technical difficulties. Hello? Hello, you tell them about my Diet Coke, all right? It's a great Diet Coke. Thank you so much. Yeah, hello? Yes, hello. Welcome. Yes, uh, Bart, I promised you I'd pull some strings for you, and I have the 45th president of the United States, Donald J. Trump, but he can only stay for a couple of minutes. Mr. President Trump, you may proceed. Oh, thank you so much. I'm well, at the gym right now. I'm not... here. Go ahead. Oh, not a problem at all. I'm at the gym right now watching Milani work out. As you know, I work out different ways. I golf a lot, a lot of, a lot of golf. I was golfing with Tiger the other day. It was incredible. So one of the things I wouldn't mind asking about, I mean, I'm sure you got your other things you want to say. So I've been recently hearing, you know, about COVID. Uh, you've hit a lot of people giving you a lot of problems uh, with, all, you know, the de- all the deaths happening. And through my understanding of it, we've had more deaths now in 2021 under the Biden uh, regime, as I call it, than back in 2020. Oh, you're saying though. correctly. What's you're saying absolutely correctly. Look, it's uh, – catastrophe like we've never seen before. And I told you what Biden was going to do. He's a disaster, just like Kamala. They're huge disasters. They have no idea what they're doing. Everybody knows that I won this election fair and square, and it was rigged to by the American people. Look, I said it before, China, they're horrible, horrible people. The, chi- the Chinese communist regime, they're horrible people. They released this ungodly disease out into the world and now we're all paying for it the economy's in the tank look if you look at the nasdaq the nasdaq was supposed to go up and it went down big league well certainly we're not we're you know we're seeing all of our prices go up too i mean inflation's up gas prices are up groceries are up good luck trying the to find a car of Diet Coke has the, went up and that supply, right there is the, cow, the, the straw that brings the camel back I apologize, by Robert, but I went to the store today, an incredible grocery store, and Diet Coke has went up 57 cents. It's a catastrophe. Diet Coke, under my regime, under my guidance, was at its lowest. Was at its lowest. It was incredible. Look, Biden does not care about the American people. He's only looking to line his pockets, just like his crackhead son. He's pathetic. He's a loser. And you want to talk about unfair. I heard that the service industry will now be getting paychecks as opposed to incredible tips. Everyone knows I tip very well, but they're not going to have their tips anymore. They're going in paychecks. How are we going to get anything done now? Well, they're also, well, they need to work as well. I mean, you have a lot of places that are hiring. You have a lot of places that are uh, losing, you know, getting ready to lose jobs because all these vaccine mandates that are, you know, coming out. And, I mean, look at what's happening to nursing. I mean, a year ago, these nurses were heroes, and now they're, they're losing their jobs because they're not uh, falling in line uh, with getting the vaccine. Now, you know, I know with Operation uh, Warp Speed, you know, to get the vaccines here, uh but I, I don't know what they're – I mean, again, we just said that more people died of COVID in 2021 than in 2020. You know, so I don't – you know, we know you, you brought that out, but they're trying to force people to get these vaccines that show that don't even – you know, they're saying they don't protect people, but they don't uh, – they're not immune. Uh, so do you, how would this, would this be different under your administration instead of this Biden regime? 
Well, first, Rob, you have to understand that COVID is a horrible, horrible, horrible thing, but we can beat it. I mean, I'm vaccinated because I chose a choice, and that's the great thing about our country is that we have choices under this horrible, horrible regime that is an absolute disaster. They want to force people. This is the Nazi Germany, folks. This is the United States of America. This is the greatest country ever created, and I don't understand how more people are dying. Well, I do actually do understand why more people are dying under the Biden regime than under, you know, my, my great administration. It's because they're not giving them those choices, and they're not reporting on suicides. They're not reporting on people uh, doing horrible, horrible things to each other. They're just saying, oh, it's because of COVID, and that's a lie. That's a disaster. Well, we certainly uh, hope that we hear, hear from you again. And we got our, our guest here, uh, Jim Condit Jr. on. Of course, uh, we'll give uh, deference to yourself. You only got a few minutes. So, of course, we you know, appreciate you being on. Uh, while you're here, what would you like to tell our audience specifically, you know, about perhaps the 2022 uh, election coming up? I think that the Democrats, I don't think you got a prayer uh, to – to win unless, of course, they cheat like they did in 2020. Uh, if no, 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 the Republicans are going to win incredible. They're going to win big seats. We're going to win real big. But first and foremost, I want Rona McDaniel fired. That fat slop. She needs to. She needs to retire already. She's a lot like Rance Pubis. I call him Pubis. Everyone, everyone should know that. Yeah. But Rona yeah. McDaniel yeah, needs to be fired. Rance Mitch McConnell. Mitch McConnell. He needs to be done too. And I'm sorry, Lindsey. He was a good friend of mine. He actually knows how to golf. But he needs to be fired as well. It's pathetic. It's horrible right there. No, certainly. And that's, uh, we're going to go ahead and um, we'll keep the line up for you. And so we'll bring in uh, our guest here, see if he's got anything he wants to, to say. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Jim, well, for I gotta to get, the show. How are I you? I got to get no problem. I got to get going. Melania, she wants me to watch her work out more, and I got to do it. And I have found more Diet Coke. It was great talking to you, Robert. I hope everything goes good tonight. Well, thank you very much. I, pre- I appreciate it. You take care. Call back anytime. All right. All right. No problem. All right. Good night. Thank you, uh, Joseph. That was uh, certainly interesting uh, Interesting there. We do uh, have our guest on. We're going to bring in uh, uh, Jim here. Uh, thank you very much, Jim, for coming to the show. How are you tonight? Uh, fine, thank you, Robert. I appreciate you having me on. So certainly. So we, we get a, a, you know, let's go ahead and get right to it. Um, we got plenty of time. I know last Wednesday uh, you gave a speech. You only gave you about a half an hour. Now, with this being a three-hour program, uh, definitely gave you more time so you want to feel so rushed. And, uh, you know, if anyone has any, you know, questions, this is archived. And so we're going to get the, you know, we'll get the link out to the folks as well if they don't get an opportunity to have any questions tonight or any of our, our, our couple panelists here. Uh, questions as well, but uh, tell us more. Again, we've got plenty of time about you know what you're working on with the uh, the precinct strategy on getting rhinos out of the Republican Party, and actually, I think the Democrats can do it too to get the socialists out uh, and right. them out. Right, the, the Reagan and the Trump Democrats could easily take over the uh, Democratic Party too. There's no reason the Democratic Party should be communist for the rest of our lives, right? Um, but exactly. I, yeah, I guess I just left a meeting. I just was am now driving away. Sorry, I was a few minutes late from a meeting in Warren County where about 18 people showed up at a, at a lady's basement, and they all want to do something. They all know we got to do something and that we're getting 
the country's freedom taken away from us and the businesses, a lot of the big ones are cooperating with the forced vaccines. So most of them had never heard of precinct, of the term precinct. And that is because our leaders, I always say our leaders, the, the groups I've supported and support, NRA, Right to Life, Ron Paul, uh, a Tea Party, um, Tea Party a little bit spread the word, but um, Right to Life and, you know, uh, the Trump, uh, you know, these leaders, for whatever reason, have not told the grassroots patriotic constitutional Republicans how the system works. And so the question is, one lady at a meeting recently that happened in Norwood, uh, where the pastor from uh, um, uh, up there in Canada had come down, he was arrested when he went back home. And I think he's out again because he wouldn't shut down his church for the COVID hype, you know. And one lady took the mic and said, um, she, she said, sorry, I'm, I'm facing a... I'm facing a road closed sign suddenly here. But at any rate, um, um, she took the mic and she said, I feel like I'm just event hopping. I'm just going to from event to event, and we're not really accomplishing anything. And so I was doing the questions and answers things, and I said, uh, you are event hopping. I said, I don't want to be brutal or, 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 or aggressive, but this lady is right. We are event topic. They don't care when we come to rallies or visit them in their office or write them letters on doing what they're doing. If they're, if they're rhinos or worse, you know, and um, I said, the only way you can replace them instead in our, our leaders have kind of acted like we're like inferior beings and we have to go to uh, uh you know, we have to go to them in city council or Congress or Senate, say, please, please do something for us. Please do something for the Constitution. You know, and that's the only reason that they exist is to uphold the Constitution, you know. So so we have to go there and beg them, okay? And we, what we want to do is go to replace them. We want to become the party leaders. We want to become the uh, the congressman and the and the state senators and the city council. Well, how do we do that? There's only one peaceful and constitutional way to do it. Abraham Lincoln referred to it in the uh, in the in the 1860s. He said, "Get all our precinct people out to walk in the neighborhoods." Many others referred to it. Okay, so what the precinct system is the only peaceful and constitutional way. To replace them. The only other way is to pull out the guns like the founding fathers did in 1776, and we're not there yet, uh, and we're all trying to solve this peacefully. Coming for our guns and ask that we turn in our guns to get food for our children, or they're going to force vaccinate our kids and grandkids or us, then it may be a different story, okay? But my point is, is this, that we're going to talk about the peaceful and constitutional way to do it on the system that's already set up. So there's one country, Robert, the United States, we're talking about, 50 states. <laughs> and then the 50 states, not many people know this number, but the 50 states are divided into 2,000, uh, excuse me, excuse me, 3,141 
counties. We all live in a county. I live and you live in Hamilton County, which is where Cincinnati, Ohio is. But we all live in a county. And uh, what most people do not know this next thing, no. And the next thing is that the counties uh, are divided into voting precincts, not police precincts, which those are, exist too, different boundaries. But they're voting precincts. And each of us live in a precinct. And that precinct is as clearly defined geographically as the county or the state. So you live in a precinct. I live in a precinct. Everybody lives in a precinct. And it's usually 10 or 15 streets around our house with very exact. So if you have a main street, okay, in your precinct, 2422 uh, might be in your precinct. And the next house over, 2424 might be in the different and the next precinct, but it's very uh, well defined. And you can learn who's in your voting precinct by getting your walking list from the board of elections, either off the website, if they have it there or just buy one for $2 in person. But so you might say, well, okay, so these precincts exist. So what? Well, at every primary election in ours is coming up in May of 2022 on the primary ballot, is the office last one after city council, after Congress, after governor, whatever, after dog catcher? It's all, it's called committeeman, okay? And that's you. And in each precinct that you live in, every recognized party in the state can 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 elect a precinct executive for their party. It's a primary, remember, just like they elect a congressional candidate for their party. So. The Democrats, we'll use the Republicans as an example, but the Democrats, same thing happens there, okay? So in the Republicans coming up in May, it's May 3rd, by I think February 2nd, we have to get anybody that wants to run in their precinct has to get five valid signatures. Where do you get your petition? Well, I, I brought, a, a, you know, a 50 of them that I had left to this meeting tonight so they could all see what a petition looked like. And you basically, it's like the same petition as if you'd run for Congress where you need 50 valid signatures, but here you only need five signatures, okay? So you can look at your walking list, see, and they got to be Republicans or independents. So you can sign, uh, get a public and independent, or you can register new people, and they can be your five, really, you get seven or eight valid signatures in case something weird goes wrong with one of them. And you can do that starting now. You can get your signatures or right after the November election. And then you turn that into the Board of Elections. Now you're on the ballot with those running for Congress and whatever, okay? Uh, One-third of the precincts are vacant, Robert. This most important office that elects so much, I'm about to tell you what they do, is vacant. Nobody knows what what it's for in the conservatives. The liberals and the rhinos know it, but we don't know it because our leaders thought they could work with Joe Dieters, the prosecutor of Hammond County, or Mitch McConnell, they didn't want to hack them off, and they were wrong. They worked with the wrong people for the last 30 years, and they didn't tell us how to get in and challenge them so we could become the party leaders, you know. So anyway, so you, you run in May 3rd. Of this coming year, I'm talking Ohio. I know people are listening from all over the country. The rules are similar in your state, but not exactly the same. So you just got to see what the rules are in each state, okay? So um, when you run and win – in everybody goes to the primary and votes and it's the one place where you can be there to greet every person you know you can greet every person and uh 
and, and ask them to vote for you. So that you got a lot better chance of winning there than anywhere else. You get you and your wife or your friend or whatever to do that. Okay, now, um, you run, and you, if you're unopposed, you vote for yourself and win, okay? If you're, not, if you're opposed, then maybe if you can, stand at the, at the, at the polls that day with you and two of your friends take four hours each and they pass out a card, ask everybody to vote for you. Uh, and then if you're elected, then you, you have the right to go to the all-important, uh, to the all-important uh, uh, county organizational meeting that nobody knows about, that I'm about to tell people about here. Now, people say, well, what if I get the five signatures and I don't feel like doing anything? I, I don't want to do it. What are my responsibilities if I run and win? And the answer to that is you have no responsibilities. The proof of that is one-third of the precinct positions are vacant. One-third of them are vacant. So let's continue using the Republican Party in Hamilton County, okay, as an example. So we have 540 precincts or whatever in Hamilton County. Each one has the election, and everyone that is elected in their little neighborhood precinct, which is – and your neighborhood precinct, everybody in that precinct votes at the same place you do. Like I voted White Oak Senior Center and so do five other precincts. But everybody in your little geographical precinct votes at the same place, okay? So if you're elected in May, then you have the right to go to the place where we are losing the country, and that is the county, the Republican county organizational meeting, which must be held by the party 30 days within 30 days of the primary. So by June 3rd, by state law, they have to call a Republican uh, county organizational meeting. And the Democrats do the same thing on a different night at a different place. So it might be a big school auditorium or a convention center here in Cincinnati, Hamlin County. And so. When the precinct executives go to that meeting, then they have the right to elect the county leaders of the Republican Party for the next few years. And that is where we're losing the country. We don't know about that meeting. We never show up at that meeting. So if we can get enough people to run and win for precinct, we will try to put in our own county chairman of the Republican Party. And that county chairman does so many things. That's why we call the precinct committeeman office the most powerful office in the land, okay? And it's because when you elect the county chairman, most of the time you elect them in their, 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 their board, their, their board of directors for that two years. They endorse the candidates, the congressional candidates. 95% of the time the endorsed candidate wins uh, because the party usually has someone passing out literature at every... Okay? So... They do that. They elect a month later, they'll go to Columbus and they'll elect the state leaders of the Republican Party. Democrats are doing the same thing. The state leaders make the rules for the state, endorse the Senate candidates, the governor candidate, all that. Then the 50 state leaders go to somewhere like St. Louis a month later. They elect the party leaders of the Republican Party. And we usually know who the national leader is. I think it's Romney's relative now. But they make the rules for the con- presidential convention and all kinds of other things. So not, so the, these precinct people elect the county party leaders who, who elect all these other things. Then, in addition to that, how the vote is counted is counted at each uh, – is determined by the county. Each county 
We have 3,141 counties. Each county determines how the vote is counted. So what is the case now? And I'm sorry to use the word, but it's a conspiracy. It's a little bit open conspiracy, but it's a conspiracy. Three companies have convinced 3,136 out of 3,141 counties to hire them so they can count our votes in secret on uh, their secret computer programs, which the Board of Elections agree to, that they will let them count the votes on their secret program, A, and that B, they will not um, uh, look at their secret programs, and they will never sue them. Everything will just be decided quietly by an arbitrator, never going public. And all, all those counties do that because they wanted to get – they were, oh, the, we'll take the job of counting the votes off of you. And we pay these companies collectively as 3,000-plus counties billions of dollars to run illegal elections – with the approval of the Board of Elections, okay, uh, uh, that they will let them count our votes in secret. I'm sure most of them don't realize that these are illegal elections by three Supreme Court decisions, which we have up at watchthevoteusa.com. That's watchthevoteusa.com. There's a menu tab called Supreme Court Decisions. And um, uh, so they're, they're running illegal elections. Objectively speaking, 3,136 boards of elections people belong in jail. Objectively speaking, all 50 secretary of states belong in jail. And, of course, these companies that are inducing them to run illegal elections. Conspiracy also is Fox and MSNBC, CNN, ABC, CBS, NBC, AP Wire. They have hidden this information from the public. I ran into the best congressman you can think of. Just think of the best congressmen you can think of. I don't want to say their names because I don't want to embarrass them. And I ran into them the last two years, a year ago uh, in some cases. And I said, do you know, if I said the corporations ES&S, Hart, and Dominion, would you know what those three companies are and what they do? And all four of them said no. I remember one of them looked at the ceiling and said no. said they are counting on their secret computer programs 96% of the counties and 90, uh, 99% of our vote, because they count all the bigger things. The only place that counts the vote right, five counties in New Hampshire, that would be, um, they have paper ballots that are counted before the, pub, the, the votes leave the public site. You can't just say paper ballots. 80% of the country has paper ballots and has always had paper ballots. They take them away from us and count them in secret. So you got to say paper ballots counted at the precinct, before the ballots leave the public site. The crooks since Adam and Eve have been trying to get us to let them take the votes in the back room and count them, and nobody, not even me, should be allowed to do that. So that, the, those five counties do it right, and we have an interview. We archive our interviews on networkamerica.org. And if you go there and search down the archived calls, there's one with Doug Bursall of Richmond, New Hampshire. He was the so a few years ago, he was the Board of Elections Director in Richmond, New Hampshire. They counted the votes right, and he explains exactly how they did it, how many people counting each vote, which is three. One calls it out, the other marks it down, and the third person makes sure the person marked it down right, and they're called the scrutineers. And if we employed cameras now, like they do in Las Vegas, we could have elections streamed over the Internet, uh, saved forever, 
as a, as a, as a film, and it would be impossible for anybody to cheat. Anybody could review it. So as Ben Carson, the, the black candidate in the 2016 election said, he said, we could count the votes accurately if we wanted to. Okay. So anyway, um, uh, I think that basically covers it. (laughs) Tomorrow morning, all the secretary of states would still allow the county boards of elections to say, hey, or the election supervisor in some counties, we're going back to, we're not only going to have paper ballots now, or if we don't have them, we're going to get paper ballots. We're going to count them by randomly selected neighbors in the neighborhood precinct. And we're going to count those ballots right at closing time before they leave the public site. Every county has the freedom to do that, but they're mostly political opportunists or they were showing, hey, this is a great way to do it. We don't have to do any work. All we've got to do is, you know, a lot of work and who's allowed to vote in that. So most of the county board of elections not only like it, but they're trained every year how to handle people like you and me if we start asking questions. And the first thing they say is we have confidence in the election system. And we want the public to have confidence, too. And I've said a few times when I met these people, yeah, but we only want to have confidence in a system that is worthy of our confidence. When you let a private company, by contract, go back and count the votes on their secret programs and you agree not to look at the secret programs, then that is not worthy of trust. In fact, using computers at all is not worthy of trust because nobody can tell what's happening inside of a computer. So anyway, Robert, I don't know. I, that's I, I don't know if I went too fast. Maybe somebody has a question, but that is why the precinct committeeman position, at which there are 250,000 in the country, we don't need three million NRA members, 120 million Trump supporters, 100, 100 million, 100 million, uh, 120 million Trump supporters, 100 million pro-lifers, you know, 50 million Ron Paul supporters, or 20 million. Right to lifers, you know, we don't need all those people. All we just need is 250,000 people spread across the country. It might be some of them have two per precinct, so it might be 300,000 total. But that we could get. And here's what we're trying to do, uh, Robert. We're trying to get to Michael Lindell, who I think is a totally trustworthy guy. And we're trying to get to him. And I met somebody at, at this meeting tonight who knows somebody who knows him. She's going to try to get us together for a lunch or something. We need to go up and see Mike Lindell and say, look, you're doing great work, but have Dan Schultz. Oh, by the way, Steve Bannon had the precinct system on about five months ago. Dan Schultz became his friend and badgered him to have it on for several years. He finally did it five months ago, and that's when this took off nationwide. He's the first big Mike to have it. And um, so um, we want – but Lindell has a much greater reach and he's got the money to hire two or three people to be at an 800 number to help everybody run for precinct. So he needs to do a show, Dan Schultz. He needs to put it up and tell everybody and all his appearances and shows, say, call this number. We'll help you run, learn to run how to precinct, run for precinct. We'll win the precinct positions. We'll go to the county meetings that nobody knows about, and we'll replace all the rhinos that are running the Republican Party, and then the Congress, and we'll take back the country. And how do we know whether we should run? Like somebody says, I'm pro-life, I'm, I'm, I'm pro-Second Amendment, I'm pro-precinct. The only thing we want to know is, are you willing to publicly and loudly say, we need to get rid of the computers and count paper ballots at the local precinct before they leave the public site? If they're not willing to say that, and they're not, because they will lose their job, 
we got to run against them and replace them. That's how we know if they're no good. And that includes people say, should I run against my local precinct guy? He seems like kind of a good guy. Answer, yes. It's nothing wrong with having an election at every precinct. That's what elections are for. And if, if the only way I would say don't run against him if he's been loudly saying we got to replace, get rid of the computers and count the paper ballots before they leave the public site. And as far as I know, none of them have been saying that. They're all picked by the party. A lot of them don't want to do it. And they didn't make any waves. So if they didn't make any waves, for our purposes, they're no good. They're de facto traitors who are letting the other side steal the country with vote fraud as, as ruthlessly and as boldly as they dare do it because they can't get our guns. You know, they can't get our guns, so they've done it in this. And people, people don't believe that these three companies run every county's voting system except for the five in New Hampshire. There's a vote fraud I didn't put up, some of the best academics in the public put up, called verifiedvoting.org, verifiedvoting.org. You can go there and hit uh, something like the, the counties, and you can look at every county and see who's counting the votes in that county. And if you've got the patience, like you can see in Alabama, all 67 counties are counted by election system and software, ES&S, where Judge Moore was treated uh, two years ago, okay? So – I guess what I'm saying is is that you can verify there that you know that that I'm telling you the truth that these three sinister billionaire companies count all of our elections that they in 95 696% of our counties on their secret computer software our websites are watchthevoteusa.com where you can see we sent to president Trump's short-lived election commission we sent to him, them, how to count the votes, um, uh, and how it needs to be done, and, we, you know, a few little things maybe could be changed. But it's basically the paper ballots counted before they leave the public site. The other website I would direct you to is openlettertodonaldtrump.com, which I bought a few months after Trump came forth because he seemed like he would be different. So openlettertodonaldtrump.com, and on the top of the front page we have a link called emergency memo and that emergency memo to trump and his team tells them exactly it tells you in nine pages nine eight and a half by eleven pages you printed out exactly how they conspiratorially stole our voting system over the last uh 48 years especially and it's they've had control of it since 1988 okay and, and it also tell you tell you how we restore it which i've already repeated many times on this show county level they just reinstate paper ballots and count them at closing time before they leave the public site so robert that's about that's about my presentation there uh if i went too fast maybe somebody might have a question or add something i forgot well a couple of things justin you can find uh the links here on blog talk radio on bard's lodge political talk the open letter to donald trump.com as well as uh watch the vote usa uh, so you can oh, check this uh, out uh, here as well. Yeah, Robert, Robert, let me tell you, put down to networkamerica.org because that's where we have a lot of information on how to run for precinct. Plus, we have the live precinct call every Sunday night at 8 p.m. Eastern, or you can look at any of the archive calls. So that's networkamerica.org. That's where we are actually doing the action to help people run for precinct as fast as we can. Yeah, I'll get that. Uh, I'll get that added as well. Thank you. Um, so Thank you. You're welcome. So basically, and then you know, we'll we'll take some questions. Uh, is 
so you get you go to your I guess go to your election uh, committee to get one of these forms or you know board of elections to get one of these forms and then after that you know after you get your uh, signatures your you know your five signatures then you just you turn that in and and then you just show up for the election or, or, or you know you're on the ballot on that at that works. point at that point you're on the ballot and so you if you're unopposed you can vote for yourself if you're opposed I recommend standing at the polls all day with somebody and you'll probably win then because you're handing everybody your name and telling them why you're running and that type of thing. Now, this would be, uh, you'll be on the ballot during the uh, primary? Because other Republicans... During a primary election, you'll be on the ballot? In what? Uh, Is this during a primary that you'll be on the ballot? Well, May, the May 3rd primary and only the primary. At that primary, all the contested offices from senator to governor to committeemen are decided primary. The Republicans decided at that May primary like they do everything else. So then only one person is, is elected. The others go to run in November. You go to the county meeting, county party organizational meeting one month later to elect your county party chairman. But yes, it is the May primary, the primary in your state, the May primary, the May primary. That's the only place you'll appear on the ballot, but that's the only place you need to appear to become an elected precinct executive. Yeah, because I'll tell you what, I've, I mean, I've, I've, I vote in almost every primary. I mean, I make sure I yep. vote in the primary, and yep. I don't think I ever recall seeing that position on a primary ballot. I know. It was vacant, or it's just one person, so you treasure and the the whatever and you see all these are all unopposed and you maybe don't vote for all of them because they're all you you know they're all um uh are, they're not opposed you know maybe say I'll, I'll let other people vote for i didn't either i i found about that this i got in politics in 19 oh, well i i was made an alternate delegate to the nixon convention at 19 in miami florida republican convention and nixon needed he had it locked up so they weren't some minorities and young people and I by a quirk got picked and it was a turning point in my life in several ways. And um, when I, I went from that election and I voted like you every time, every primary, every election, I had just started voting. I voted till 1986 Hamilton County Republican primary and never noticed that committeeman position is the last one. I only noticed it after a guy named Rick Heron who had learned from Pat Robertson's meeting in DC Explained to us about precinct. That's the only time I, that was the first time that I ever noticed that there was a committeeman position. Wow. Yeah, I know we've talked about this, uh, you know, previously in previous years, but I think you know we are getting to the point where you think again it's the last possibility yeah, and, for, for things. Yeah, and. and, and, and and we all should be involved anyway to make our citizenship felt because the Republican people say, I hate the Republican party. So do I until Trump came in with his team and they tried to do things for some things for America. Uh, I didn't agree with Trump on everything, but I, he, he loved America. Unlike Biden who clearly hates the traditional America. And so when Trump, um, you know, when, except for Trump, I hate the Republican party. I don't wish that Mitch McConnell even stubs his toe. I'm not wishing any physical harm on them, but I hate their politics. They sell us out. They act like they're on our side, lose as slowly as possible. So 
the reason we have to fight in the Republican and Democratic parties, they control every county, every state, and the country, and the national government. So we don't have a choice. I don't care how bad you hate them. If you want to fight, they want us to go off on our own libertarian meetings and Constitution Party meetings. They want us to go off and have harmless little meetings where we have no chance to come into power and become the party leaders in the Republican Democrats. They run every county. People that say they won't work in either party now, they're like a Republican or Democrat. They're like people in 1776 that say, I don't think we can beat the British Empire. They're the most powerful empire in the world. Let's have a fight with the Brazilians. Problem, the Brazilians were not oppressing us. The British were. We had to fight the British. We had no choice. And that's the same way as people that say, I won't work with the Democrat and Republican Party. I'm sorry. They are strategy tards. They are strategy tards. They're directing people away from the fight into no fight. So I have no patience, not that I want to be mean to anybody person, but I have no patience for people that say, I hate the Republican Party. I won't work in it. Yeah, they've taken it over. We've been asleep, and they run everything. So we got to get it, come away, get in there, take it back from them, and reclaim the country, or we're going to be in a shooting war. Which doctor, and I don't know how that's going to go if the sheriffs and the military don't come to the aid of the people. Dr. Um, uh, Frank, uh, Dr. Douglas Frank, who is giving all those presentations for Mike Lindell about how they cheated. And, and all he found, a brilliant, brilliant guy, found so many ways they cheated by mail-in ballots, by computer rigging in the last election. Uh, when he was asked, he didn't wasn't even asked. He just said at the end of his speech, all the retired military guys are telling us that um, we this will not end without a shooting war. That's what the retired military are telling him. Now, some people are telling people that I asked that there's these stashes of weapons all over the country and the White Hats, retired military and military and sheriffs, the White Hats will show themselves at the proper time. I wish I could believe that. I just don't see any evidence of that, but I wish I could believe it. And again, we're trying to solve this peacefully. We're trying to go to the Republican Party uh, precinct system and Democrat and do this peacefully. So just for the record, for the call, if anybody wants to criticize Robert or Bard's logic, they're talking the same as I am. We still have time to do it peacefully and constitutionally, and, 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 and that's what we're trying to do. Well, I certainly agree, and then I'll bring in uh, and, and Joseph if he's got any questions, and then we got uh, Steve on the line as well. We've got other calls. Okay. Just push the one on your number dial if you have any questions. But, I mean, real quick, I mean, I was just saying that the other day is if there were to ever be an armed conflict, then I would say we need the military on our side because we need the personnel and we need right. the military equipment. Now, and I the sheriffs. Think, and I know this is good. Yeah. In the sense that that's why I think uh, this, and this is why I think might sound on my part conspiratorial, is I think that's one of the reasons why they want to make the uh, the military take the COVID vaccine nineteen vaccination. Yes, and yes. so they want to they want to find out who is going to comply because if it ever does come down to you know us we the people needing the military to back us up. They only want to have those within the military that will comply with what the government wants. So if the government says, hey, look, you need to go up against the citizens of the United States because they're coming against us, they only want the people who will say, okay, you know, we'll comply with you. 
And so they know the people who won't take the vaccine probably would be the people who would side with us, the citizenry. And then yeah. those who yeah. would comply to take this vaccine just so they can, for whatever reason, you know, stay in the military and that they want to they'll just say, look, at, you know, sure, you know, just, you know, that's the people that they want to have in there. I, that's, I mean, again, that sounds conspiratorial, but that's what I think. Hey, I, I am conspiratorial when it justifies it. And I think, as Tucker Carlson would say, Robert, what you just said is so smart. It's right on target. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, that's what I think they want to do. I think they only want yeah. to get those who will comply in the military so that if it does come down to just coming down, you know, to protecting, you know, the citizenry, they won't. So yeah. let's go ahead and done. I appreciate that, Jim. Yes, so uh, let's go ahead and Joseph. Joseph, do you have any questions uh, about the precinct, uh, you know, strategy or what, what he was uh, talking about tonight? Uh, it's actually deja vu. Um, someone who I used to keep in touch with, who I don't keep in touch with any longer, actually uh, talked about this system. I believe it was early this year, probably around January or so. And that was the first time that it was introduced to me. So uh, when our guest came on, it's like, wow, deja vu. I'm hearing it uh, for the second time. Um, and I, and, I, and I, I briefly looked into it, and I think it is a great strategy. Um, but also at the same time, for it to work, in my experience, you need to have viable candidates that can actually successfully get across the line. And we can't keep on putting candidates against incumbents who don't stand a chance. And all the statistics and the facts and the analytics are showing you don't stand a chance. For example, any Republican who tried to run against Pelosi uh, in 2020, you know better. You don't stand a chance in, in hell for a very long time, and that's unfortunate. Anyone trying to run against AOC didn't stand a chance in hell. Sadly, anyone who ran against McConnell didn't stand a chance in hell. And I think for this to work, we need to have viable candidates who have a realistic chance of winning, not, not a chance in hell, a realistic chance of winning by 60% uh, percent of the vote or more, and who has the resources and the means to launch a successful, viable campaign. And that's the only way it's going to work, especially... Uh, for a lot of these primary challengers in 2022 who uh, want to primary out um, the rhinos or uh, the Republicans who uh, stabbed Donald Trump in the back. And so what I've noticed is there's a, a great shortage of viable candidates, and there's a great shortage of viable campaigns, and that's the problem. I don't know if it's entirely on the candidates' end or on their campaign manager's end, but I do believe it is a 50-50. The candidate holds one end of the bargain and their advisor or campaign manager upholds their end of the bargain and they make it work. And what I've noticed is shortages. To make this work, we need to have, A, candidates that are willing to make the ultimate sacrifice, because let's admit it. In 2021, to get involved in politics, to run as a candidate, you are going to have a lot of targets on your back. Can that candidate withstand the pressure? Example, uh, cinema. 
Senator Cinema, who was walking into the restroom earlier this week and was uh, approached uh, by uh, a radical lefty. Okay, and that's a veteran elected senator. First of all, common sense, she should have security detail with her to make sure wackos like that don't do that. And uh, at the end of the day, um, that's what I mean by, you know, having viable candidates that know what they're doing to get across the line they're doing while they're in office. And uh, I think they were also uh, heckling Manchin as well, um, who don't want to agree to the $4.25 trillion uh, package that they're trying to ram in. And so I, I think that system would work if, A, we have enough people who are willing to say, hey, I'm willing to put my, my life on the line, my family's life on the line. I'm willing to lay it all on the table for the sake of getting across that finish line so I can serve my, I can serve my country by serving my constituency. First, find those people. And then, B, vet them very well. Know what their past is. Know what their present is. C, make sure that they have the, the necessary startup funds so they have the proper resources and tools to launch a viable, successful campaign. And D, make sure you've done your Apple research to make sure that they're not going against an incumbent in which they don't stand a statistical chance in hell. So it's, it's kind of moot to run. You're just going to get defeated in a 60 to 70 point landslide. And so those are my thoughts and my comments. Um, and like I said, I do believe that this system w- w- can work and would work. It just needs the, uh, a couple of more elements added on to there. And I think the most important ones are the actual uh, candidates who are volunteering to say, I'm going to run for Senate. I'm going to run for Congress. I'm going to run for State Senate or State House or City Council. And uh, those are my thoughts. And um, I thank our guests for taking the time to come on the show. Uh, because well, stay, you're stay right, I didn't know about this system until I learned about it in early this year, and I've right, been in politics since I was 17, so I'll defer yeah, back to you. Right. Well, hold on. Stay on the phone. That's because Go ahead, Jim. Steve, that, that's because Steve Bannon inter- interviewed Dan Schultz, and that got a lot of people talking about it for the first time. Is hey, I didn't know about. I t- said I didn't know about precinct. From 1972 to 1986, I think I said that. If not, let me say it now. For 14 years after I was an RSL, I voted all the time. I was involved. And I, when I learned from Rick Heron, who learned from Pat Robertson's group, about precinct, I felt like an idiot. I guess for 14 years, I never thought, where did the party leaders come from? And I thought maybe rich people picked them. Well, no, they come from the precinct executives. And I didn't know that. And then, so Bannon had him on, and finally two weeks ago, Bannon finally said, we got to do this. He finally saw the light. Bannon, Schultz saw the light for the last 13 years. He was on our calls for precinct 13 years ago. And, and, and Bannon said, we got to do this. The Trump people got to take over the grassroots of the Republican Party. Well, not, and within a few days, MSNBC, Joy Richo had three people on, and for 10 minutes they attacked uh, Steve Bannon, and by implication, Dan Schultz, and the precinct strategy. They said the precinct strategy, which is state law, was a, was a trick to bring in white supremacism and stopping minorities from voting. That's what they, they, but they were very worried 
about the Trump people getting involved in the grassroots. Now, I wanted to ask um, a question. It was, was it Robert that was just talking? That was Joseph. Who is it, Joseph? Yes, Joseph, yes sir. It's, uh, it's okay, Joseph, Joseph or Joe. Now, yeah, now I agree with you. We, we, we generally have people that run that are, don't have the money. They have a great heart but don't have the experience. But there are way more than 435. There's 435 congressmen, 100 senators. There's way more than 535 good state reps. Like we got in our state, we have Tom Brinkman in Ohio, state rep. We have Jennifer Gross, who's fantastic, who just got elected state rep. We have Candace Keller, who I just met with last night, who's a former state rep. There's like Mr. Becker. I mean, there's, there's way more candidates, um, state, state house or city councilman or whatever, who, who know how to run for office, who could if we had some kind of grassroots support behind him would, would help him a lot. So what I'm saying, though, <laughs> is right now, like tonight, 10 or, 10 or 18 of these people are ready to run for precinct right now, and they can take action in the next few months. I was spoke to a meeting that I think Robert was at. 400, 300, 400 people were there at the farm wedding reception all in Cincinnati. I think 100 or 200 of them took um, petitions and are ready to run for precinct. So I'm telling them to get into action right now. And, I mean, you wouldn't disagree with that, would you, that we should put them into action and then try to recruit the good candidates at the same time? No, not at all. And, sir, I commend you for what you're doing because what you're doing is you're doing a very brave thing. You are showing that you are an American patriot who values your country, and you recognize that the two-party system is corrupt, it's not working, and that there are more than uh, different avenues to uh, approach this as we are coming across 2022. No, I totally agree with you. I I think if you do that, I think this system works. And it's a secret weapon because most people don't know about it. So the enemies or the incumbents that don't know about it, well, nine out of ten, if they don't know about it, then their advisors and campaign managers probably don't know about it either. So they probably won't know what hits them by the time it does. So that's yeah. why I think it could also be used as a as a silent, uh, you know, element in in campaigning, in waging yeah. a successful campaign. So no. I'm in total agreement. I think doing that, that works. And not only that, it exposes the rhinos and the establishment for what they are because then you get people to start feeling the passion again. And you yeah. get people that can actually go to town hall meetings and question our elected officials and say, um, Congresswoman Nancy Pelosi, how is it that you've been in power for 40 years and you've never once referenced that this was an option to your constituency? Or Mitch McConnell, how is it that you've been in power for 40 years and you've never once mentioned that we, that we the people, had this as an option in your 40 years of, 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 of being in, in the Senate? And I bet 9 out of 10, none of them would really be able to rebut it. They probably right. would be mumbling and going, uh, uh, yeah, uh, uh. Whenever you have someone doing that, it's checkmate. You've already won the debate yeah. before it started. And I think that would be effective too because I think that's fair game. Hey, they should be able to answer that question because you're right. Uh, these politicians know that this system has existed for a very long time. 
and they're hiding it because it doesn't fit their narrative to, to keep power. So the more people who do sign up for this, which is a brave and noble thing to do, I also think going to town hall meetings and putting their feet to the fire and just questioning them and saying, well, geez, if you can't even answer your own constituency with the truth, why do you deserve to be reelected again? Why do you deserve to hold power? If anything, that would give these new recruitments or these uh, new um, candidates more fodder, if anything, more argument, more validity to say, this is why we need term limits. This is why when people hold on to power for over 40 years, they stop working for the people. Yeah, no, you're, you're, you're 100% correct. I would just add, though, that to really hold their feet to the fire at town meetings, which, of course, I support going to, you let them know, hey, we're running for precinct and we're coming for your job if you don't shape up or if you don't, you know, if they're doing the right thing, then that's fine. But if they're not, you say, when you see, the candidates don't all know what the precinct is, but all the party leaders do. All the party leaders in both parties, and they quietly have put the rhinos in the Republican precincts, and the Democrats, of course, can put any of their people pretty much in the precinct. So they quietly know, they quietly work the system, and uh, if the office holder, like a school board member, doesn't know what it is, he'll go to his party leader and say, what are they talking about coming for my job through the precinct? And that way... They are. You're really. They know you're not only complaining to them. You're telling them we're coming for your job because we now know how the system works. We're going to be at that meeting in June in Ohio in June of 2022 at the convention center or whatever, and we're going to uh, the elected precinct executives. We're going to try to replace you, and re- then replace the school board board members. And the, so you get you you threaten with that, and, and uh, I, I, everything you said is is right on target. Yeah. Thank you. The only thing that I wouldn't agree with, and tell me what your thoughts on this, and then I'll I'll let you get to another caller, is the system is so corrupt as it is, and I think think it would be wise to elect the precinct leaders but without them knowing. Be a secret weapon. So when that convention comes, they don't have have a chance to try to sabotage it because I just don't don't trust our elected officials. If you what can you do that, about? yeah, let me tell you, if you can do that, that's fine. But when they, let's say that there's 30 or 50 people even that start running for precinct that they didn't recruit, they know what's happening. They know that some other group is coming in. So you can't totally hide it from it. What you can do, though, is have as many people as possible try to join, like, hey, I just want to help the Republican Party. They join under the radar, and then the party leaders don't know who's really on their side and who isn't. That you can do. So a lot of people should go sub rosa, but a few people in public should should let people know what's happening so that our side understands what's happening, and then the majority should run sub rosa and just say, hey, I just want to, I hate, boy, the Democrats scare me, just want to make the Republican Party better, you know, that type of thing. And then you don't alert them any more than, than necessary. But when they see 30 or 50 people uh, filing to run for precinct and they, the party leaders, did not recruit them, they know for sure that something's up. I, I completely agree, and I think your strategy is, is, is spot on. Okay. Absolutely. Very good. Thank you. Thanks, thanks for your insights and comments, Joseph. You're welcome, and it's been a pleasure to have you on the show. I hope you do stay on. The rest of the okay. show. Okay. Well, I'm going to try to. Yeah. 
<laughs> well, I appreciate that. You were going to bring in Steve real quick, and um, I, I want to go back. I want to go back to this after Steve, and you. I mean, you you both really did touch this, and so you almost stole my 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 thunder there a little bit, Joseph. But yeah, one thing I want to plus be able to do is, I mean, I think it's a a strategy that could work. We just got to find a way to keep uh, the rhinos from manipulating it. And I know you guys again, you you touched on it, so uh, but I don't know if we told you know. Specifically, how we can maybe, or not maybe, but how we can keep them from manipulating it. So let's go ahead uh, first. Let's go ahead and bring in Steve. So Steve, if you have any questions uh, in regards to our topic here or to our guests, uh, go ahead. Thank you very much again, Steve, for coming on. But um, yeah, if you have any questions or comments uh, on this uh, with our our guest uh, Jim, go ahead, Stephen. Uh, yeah, Steve from Indiana. Nice to meet Steve. you. Um, and what if the RNC, the establishment, starts spending billions of dollars locally and hiring and recruiting uh, more rhinos locally, and then on top of that, have the current rhinos on the state level change the state election law process so that the precincts are no longer a viable option for an election, because you know, you do have current rhinos that are already on the state level that have the ability to uh, change state law. So what would be that scenario with the money, grassroots flooding in, and then the, uh, the ability for them to eliminate uh, the precincts with uh, state law? So are you saying that they would send in – they'd probably control the state legislators now. You mean they would – pass a law that precinct people no longer exist and that the party leaders just choose each other, something like that, to make precinct irrelevant? Is that what you're asking? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, well, if they would dare do that, then uh, they're telling us it's time to use the Second Amendment if they continue these uh, tyrannical deals. Because, first of all, not one congressman, even the ones that are in heavily districts that we're sure probably were elected. Not one congressman can prove they deserve to be in office because they've all supported the Speaker's count. So right now, if we had a good part of the military, we had every reason to overthrow this government and say we're going to hold real elections in about three months so we can get a real Congress. That would be justified now, but but if they would do that, if they would say the precinct doesn't any longer elect the party leaders, then they would be, John Kennedy said, if you make possible, then you will make violent revolution inevitable. And that's the way it would be. Now, do we, I mean, I never, I'm 68 years old now, don't feel a day over 88. I, I never imagined dying in an OK Corral shootout with tyrants, but I don't know. I hope I don't have to, but I don't know how many, but maybe that's going to be the case. I don't know how many Americans men will be willing to fight if we get to that point and they're coming to take our guns and vaccinate our whole families against our will with contents unknown. But if they make the peaceful revolution, the precinct system impossible uh, so that we can change the voting back to a verifiable vote, then they're making violent revolution inevitable or we're just going to go quietly under dictatorship because we're not made of the stern stuff that our founding fathers were. And Thomas Jefferson said, he predicted, and he was wrong so far, thankfully, every to 30 to 40 years, 
we will have to water the tree of liberty with the blood of tyrants. Thomas Jefferson said that. Yes, that, that's a good one. The only reason yeah. why I don't think that would happen is because most elected officials, they have seen over the years that, not, that, that there's been so many vacancies that they're not going to have their eye on the ball. They're too naive. And that's why I don't think they're going to have an opportunity to sabotage it. And I agree with our guest, Steve. If you use it as a secret weapon and catch him when it's too late, uh, I, do, I do think it will be really successful in, uh, in, for the 2022 and 2024. I, I just think that a lot of these uh, incumbents uh, are too naive. Uh, they're not the brightest of the bunch, although they've done a good job of holding on to power for a long time. They're not even going to pay attention to a system in which they think in their eyes as a failed system and I don't think they're going to have their eyes on the ball in, in that regard. So I just wanted to add that. But, I mean, that's just my opinion, but I really honestly don't think they're even going to bother because they're probably looking at it as, ah, it's, we're still going to have 300,000 vacancies. No, this system is not going to do any harm. N- nobody even knows about it. So in that regard, that's why I, I, I would think that um, it, would, it, it would work if it's implemented the way our guest Steve has articulated it. Uh, very well, and also using the secret weapon strategy of catching them at the conventions without warning them or trying to stay under the radar and getting them at the last second where they have no way to sabotage it. So I just wanted to add that. Yeah, and the gentleman from Indiana, if they did that, even though most people wouldn't realize it because they don't know what the precinct system is, it would be the same as passing a law, hey, we're now a dictatorship. When the governor tells you what to do, you have to do it, even though, of course, the governor has no authority at all to make laws. But, uh, yeah, they would be announcing, we now are going to try a dictatorship on you. So, at any rate, um, that yeah, that is possible, but I think very unlikely, as our previous caller just said. But if they did it, it would be like we're announcing we're having a dictatorship. Hi, welcome to and then the, the billions of dollars uh, flooding into the local precincts uh, across the country, grassroots, and the, the rhinos blending in with your local people, um, you know, your strategy yeah, yeah. count counter that. Yeah. Well, they could do that, but still, if we go to the precinct on Election Day, four hours, me, four hours, my wife, four hours, my friends, ask them to vote for us, we would win. I don't care how, how many billions of dollars they put behind it. We can campaign to every person that's voting. The only election we can do that, and we would have a good chance to win a lot of elections. And we did beat them in about half the precincts we ran in in 1990, okay? We actually beat the Republican Party on a technicality. Yeah, it's nice. I like it. I like it a lot. It's definitely a, um, definitely a good strategy. Um, getting the word out to the public about this strategy, that's going to that's going to take some work, too. Um, I mean, you got the Alex Jones show. You've got uh, Joe Rogan. There's definitely some platforms you can go on to get the word out. Yeah, that's going to be important, too. Well, one of the things, uh, you know, I, I got here, Jim, it's, it's, it's not it's, – you know, exactly on the uh, the precinct strategy, but one of the things you know, I've got here is if you want to bring it up just a little bit, it's about bringing, getting the word out, right? 
is your reasonable access law uh, that you know that you've used in the past, and, and you have um, I guess yeah, an well, ebook, or you're working on an ebook called the Reasonable Access Law. Uh, I mean, perhaps that could be one of the ways to to try to get the word out about it. Right, right. But we have that. Up. If we get the if we get the word out, but real real quick on the flip side, if we get the world out that way, the word out that way, then how are we going to be able to keep our powder dry? How are we going to be able to keep things under the radar by doing it that way? In most counties, you can do that by – so, for instance, we're having a national meeting every 8 p.m. on NetworkAmerica.org on Zoom. We would like every county to do that. They could make it private meetings. Then they meet somewhere. They don't tell the other side where they're meeting, and like the farm where we're, we're going to meet. And then they all just run for precinct, and most of them just, hey, I'm here to help the Republican Party. Those Democrats are so bad. That would be the way you'd have to do it. And then, no, something was up. But by a few months later, believe me, they will not be able to tell the people that who is on their side and who is just who really just came to help the Republicans against the Democrats and who came to overthrow the people that aren't doing their job. You know, we're going to have fights in the big city. Believe me, I don't. I mean, they're going to fight us in the big cities. They know that this. They know this is where the power is. And when we ran against them in 1990, the last time I was available and the people were interested, now people are interested since the theft of the 2020 election, um, we beat them on a technicality. The state law said they had to call the meeting within 30 days of the May 3rd primary, whatever day it was. They had to call this year by June 2nd. They didn't do it. They were so fat and happy they forgot to call the meeting. And the state law said, well, you uh, – if they don't do it, then uh, 10% of the elected precinct executives can sign a paper and call the meeting, which we did. We won. They didn't show. But they took it to the Supreme Court. They took it to the Supreme Court of Ohio within a few days or a week, and the Supreme Court of Ohio actually said we were the platform Republicans for the uh, Reagan platform, and they were the we were calling them the, the establishment Republicans. So the Supreme Court of Ohio actually said the platform Republicans were right in law and in fact, but they found some ridiculous reason to give it back to the good old boys network. Not many people were watching then. I mean, they're going to fight us, but we got to first get on the playing field. So we get a few, 250,000 or so, 200 to 300,000 people running for precinct on the playing field. We can't really complain because we're not on the playing field. You know, we got to go to that June meeting. Or whatever it is in your state, we got to go to all those meetings next year, you know. Too good for those uh, get give us a little, uh, you know, I guess direction on on how to you know sign up, you know, again for that because I want to make sure that's clear to everybody yeah, and, on how and to I sign up to become a precinct executive. Yeah, and I forgot to address your good point on the reasonable access law. So you sign up in, in Ohio. Now, it's different a little in each state, but it's very similar in many states. You, you get your petition from the Board of Elections, just like you're running for Congress, but you get the committeeman petition. You get your walking list, which is maybe $2 if they're selling it in hard copy, or you get, it, get one of your kids to pull it off their website. And then you look, and you can tell exactly who are the registered Republicans, registered independents, registered Democrats. So all you're allowed to get is registered Republicans and independents, 
or no, no party, not libertarian, not Democrat. Or you can register people with a registration form, which just takes a few minutes, and then say, would you be so kind as to sign my petition? My friends want me to run, and they'll usually sign it. So you can register eight people for the five you need, turn those in with your petition. You know you're on, you know. Or you can get registered Republicans, registered Democrats. Get seven or eight just in case something weird happens with one of them or something. And then uh, that's that's how you run. And then you, you're on the ballot when you turn your petition in at your board of elections, okay? Then you vote. You know, the voting is at, at, the, at the point of the uh, of, of the May primary in Ohio. you got to find out in your state what are the rules. And that's why I'm saying if we had an 800 number with Michael and Dell running it and Trump referring to it in his rallies, they could have people there that would help everybody. Okay, you're in Idaho. Here's how you do it. In Kentucky, they have a caucus. They just call a caucus. Once every two years, okay, we're going to have a caucus at the high school, you know, uh, you know, uh, uh, Jefferson High School uh, auditorium. People show up, and whoever wins the vote, which everybody can see the vote going on there, and hands raised or whatever, then you win. And I remember the last about ten years ago, we were talking about this on a call. One lady said, "Hey, I, I, I'm in Kentucky, and it snowed real hard that night, so I went to the caucus." And nobody showed up at me, and I voted for myself, and I won. You know, so it's really not as hard as you think, and it's fun. I, I don't think there's any danger, and I don't feel brave doing this. They're not killing us uh, except a few people uh, surreptitiously, like I think Jim Traficant, who's a congressman. But they, especially if we got a 1,000 people or 800 people or 200 people running, they're not killing us yet. So I don't really feel it's that brave. Now, people may run into persecution as far as, um, getting harassed or they'll try to cost you your job. Yes, yeah, so there is a certain element of bravery that you're willing to, to, to suffer persecution if they bring it on to you, you know. And if they and can get would, away. How would one make sure, and how would one make sure, kind of like double check that they are indeed on the ballot? Um, they will list it on the they, board of elections. If they hand it in, and then, but how... And, and I like the idea yeah. of registering because then you're registering people to vote and getting their signatures. I like that because I think you're getting two things accomplished at once. But, you know, once you turn in your paperwork, how can you ensure that you – and you know, yes, I am on the ballot? Okay, they give you a receipt, plus they put up on the website, okay? They put up on the website, John Smith is now on the ballot for committee. They put it right up, but you also have a receipt. But – you want to check it, too, to make sure they don't, quote, forget putting you on. But I, we only had that problem one time, and a very popular lady in her neighborhood, Cindy Feldhouse, was, went to vote for herself, and they had put her on another um, – they had put her on in another precinct where nobody knew her. That was a dirty trick, which they do sometimes. That's the only time we ran into that. So you would want to check your receipts and check that they're putting you on properly, you know. And then the governors, the governors governors and the federal government, like, since local is receiving so much federal money, how do we revamp it so we can, the rhino governors, we can get rid of them, we can get rid of the rhinos in the federal government. Like, how can we do that when the state and the federal government is funding so much stuff locally and there's strings attached? Like how does even if you win all these counties, how does that then uh, deal with the state in the federal system? 
Okay, then we would have to nominate other, you know, nominate other, uh, uh, nominate other con- congressmen, make sure we have a fair count and get them elected so they could undo at the congressional level all that the other parties are doing, okay? Uh, all of these big billionaires are doing. Now, admittedly, this is a tough fight. I'm not saying it's not a tough fight, but that's what we're up against there, you know? Um, there is a silver lining in the pocket. And if there's one thing I learned is the your opposition does not come after you or waste a breath on you unless you've become an existential threat. So yeah. this is a system where it's been under the radar for so many decades, and it hasn't really moved the needle to where, as I was stating before, uh, I don't think any of the incumbents or the powers that would be of the DNC or the RNC are going to have their eyes on it. However, I do believe if this is properly implemented the way you've articulated, Steve, you vet and recruit great candidates who are viable, have the necessary startup funds and resources, to launch a viable campaign and have a realistic chance of winning, not only do you become a secret weapon in taking back the House and the Senate, but by then you've built a powerful structure, foundation, and coalition, and that makes it ten times harder for the federal government or at the state level to go against uh, a very powerful, well-built foundation and uh, coalition. Uh, that's, that's, that's my opinion based on my experience. And so once it's solidly built, it's going to be very hard for them to attack it and take it down. Now, if they were to, if they were to take it seriously today in its early stages, uh, they could dismantle it one, two, three. The beauty is they're going to have their eye completely off the ball, including the powers that be of the RNC and the DNC. And once this, once this coalition becomes an existential threat, that's when people start to become targets but as I say in politics, that's when you know you're doing things right. That's how you know you're getting under the skin of your opponent, when they start paying attention on, to you. When they start attacking you, you become an existential threat. When you don't have a chance in heck of getting across the line or you pose no threat to them, they won't even waste a breath on you. And so right. I think by 2022, if it's executed the way you're stating it would be with the right candidates that can get across that line – by then, you've built a powerful coalition and foundation, and now it becomes a really, really big challenge for the establishment and the rhinos in the Republican Party or the left-wing radicals in the Democratic Party to try to tear down that solidly built foundation and coalition. Right. Now, if we have enough numbers, though, they can't shut us down. We've already won since Dan Schultz appeared on Steve Bannon. We've already won a few counties. There was a fellow in Georgia. It's a small county, but he became – he just brought his friends and supporters to the meeting, and the other guys were surprised and shocked, and he got elected. Uh, there's a black Republican group in South Carolina that took over one of the inner, the counties that are near the inner city. They took it over. So we've already won a few of these – and if they keep going with all this tyranny and you got to have a vaccination to go in the grocery store, I think it's possible a lot of the people in office that are now rhinos, at some point they may say, 
I didn't sign up, you know, to betray my wife and my kids and my country. I signed up for party loyalty, and they may come over to our side when they see what's really the agenda is. But um, right now, if we bring enough numbers, they can't shut it down because we already won some of these counties. Oh, and Robert, Robert, let me mention the reasonable access law. The reasonable access yes, law is a little-known law that was passed in the 19, early 70s by the U.S. Congress. Very valuable because I think they were running into going to stations and the stations saying, we don't like your message, we're not going to air it. So if you're on the ballot as a candidate in any of these elections, then you have a right to put your radio ads, if you can pay for them, onto – any FCC licensed radio or TV station that you can afford. TV is awful expensive. But I've run and put on ads about how the votes aren't being counted right, et cetera, on the radio for many of the last 20 years. So I'm just saying you can run, and they can, and they always say you want to win. Say, look, I don't have as much money as the other guys. I don't let <laughs> – hear me <laughs> – I don't like the fact they're counting votes in secret, but I want to win. Never say you don't want to win because then they try to use that against you like you're not a real candidate, which is none of their business. If you're on the ballot, you can, you, you're on the ballot no matter what they say, and you can, they have to run your ads or you can file for big money against them. Uh, they have to run your ads, okay, um, in, uh, in, uh, on their radio stations the same way they do for businesses okay so if you have um uh if you want to say like i want to run my ads on let's say wkrc locally or the second biggest talk station they just i want to run my ads on the sean hannity show or what was the rush limbaugh show they have to let you run them on that show at the same frequency they would let businesses do it for businesses they can usually Run one an hour or two every three, yeah, <clears throat> two every three hours. Okay, that's what they can run. So <laughs> then they got to let you the. It's only federal candidates, by the way. It has to be Congress, Senate, President, or or uh, 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 or uh, a federal judge. It, it doesn't help if you run for governor. They don't have to run your ads unless somebody else runs that they let run ads. Then they got to run them. So I, I, Congress is the safest way to go. And it's, you know, everybody that, that you run an ad on a big station, everybody in the district can hear their thing. But they must run your ad, and they cannot censor it. They might be able to censor it if you want to say the F word for 60 seconds, but they cannot censor it due to content. That's what the law says. And I've, I've had that work, and they hate my commercials. Until the last time I was a write-in, and they're trying to pull a bogus law that a write-in candidate doesn't have same rights as the – on the ballot candidate, which is a lie. We're, they're holding $7,000 of my money that they, they signed the contract, ran three weeks of ads, and then pulled them because they really hated my ads last time, and they knew people were listening. They knew that with the COVID garbage, people were listening. What's happening? Who's doing this? What's the agenda? So they illegally pulled my last seven weeks. Again, they signed the contract, accepted the money. They're still holding $7,000 because I was writing it. We're going to sue them soon, but um, – as a, as a, on the ballot, let's say, in the upcoming Republican primary, uh, if they don't let me run ads, they can't let uh, – just, just a second. I, 
Okay. You know, he's so, uh, in other words, out and about. In other, Go ahead. No, I was just going to say they uh, they would have to stop the congressmen themselves from running ads if they didn't let a challenger run ads if they were actually on the ballot. But the idea that a write-in candidate doesn't have the same rights as an on-the-ballot candidate is ridiculous, and it's because the FCC, like most of the rest of the government, are criminals. There you go. What's on my <laughs> well, we know you're out and about, uh, you know, out in the uh, driving, I think, uh, Jim. So, Sorry, I'm, I'm back. I'm back. Okay. All right, Jim. Yeah, yeah. So, definitely, uh, definitely good. And um, we can. I mean, if millions of, I, I think we can. We can push millions of, with, especially with Joe Rogan, Alex Jones. I think we could push millions of people to get on the. Uh, Get on the precinct. I think we could do way more than two hundred fifty thousand. I mean, there's so many people angry right now. But any chance that a conservative Supreme Court is going to knock down any any of the foolishness that's currently going on? Uh, is there any chance, guys? Guys. Um. Okay. I didn't. You're saying is there any chance of who backing down? Uh, the conservative Supreme Court knocking down a lot of the foolishness that's going on. You mean would they rule against uh, precincts being able, precinct people being able to go to the county no, meeting, like, or what do you say? like the mandates and stuff like that? Like remember this, uh, the federal judge in New York knocked down one of the mandates, and they keep knocking yeah. back up, but judges keep knocking them down. So I'm wondering if these conservative Supreme Court justices are going to do anything. Uh, yeah, they, 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 they all look like games. I don't know. they're all they're yeah, they all, all in it together. They all look like traitors to me at this point. They've 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 ruled wrong. I mean, the other day the nurses from New York City asked them to uh, hear the case that vac- the businesses can't mandate vaccines, and they wouldn't hear it. I- I'm so fed up. I- I'd bring all those Supreme Court people out, put them on trial, and execute them. I'm so mad at them. They're committing treason, and treason is 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 uh, is, is is the penalty is, can be the death penalty. Many people want to just be. Nice and do life imprisonment. I'm for the death penalty. These people are committing treason. They're selling our country down the river. Even Trump's people, as far as I know. I, can anybody name? I think they made one or two good decisions, but they didn't hear the pro-life thing. Can anybody name any really great decisions the five on the Supreme Court have done? I think the abortion, I think that something, they're really scared about the Roe versus Wade they're really scared about that. Um, and um, there's other things the Supreme Court's doing. Like they're going to, they may expand uh, gun rights. So we just have to see what they're going to do in the end. Uh, but yeah, it's definitely more than just taking back the counties. I mean, you're going to have to take back judges. Yeah, there's a lot of them. You got, the swamp is so huge. I mean, it's just time to start digging a ditch. I mean, the swamp is just, it's enormous. Um, you know, the, the, the Supreme Court, though, doesn't seem to be afraid to make the wrong decisions like these guys have. And I can't think of the cases now, but as far as I'm concerned, Kavanaugh and the, uh, who's the new woman, uh, they're, not, they're not doing anything. They've done a one anemic case, I think, and they've voted wrong. Real, how about on hearing the Trump election suits? Those traitors wouldn't hear the Trump election suits 
when we had judges saying they didn't need a uh, they didn't need a postmark right. and they didn't need a signature. What about that one? I mean, I again, I'm not saying they didn't do something right. I'm just saying I'm disgusted with them like I am with all the Supreme Courts for the last 30 years. And by the way, we we can run we can find more than 250,000 precincts people to run, but there's only 250,000 precincts. So we can't run more people than there are precinct positions. Oh, okay. I, I get what you're saying. Yeah. Now I'm thinking six to ten people per precinct just in case because uh, I'm thinking they're going to get, you know, there's going to, especially if you, if you, if you, let's say you go on the Joe Rogan show and you start talking about this. You're going to get a lot of people because there's a lot of people angry right now. And so I have a feeling, and they're so infiltrated throughout our society, you know, these rhinos, they are all over the place, man. They're they're going to find, you know, they're going to find out because especially if you go national with this, yeah, yeah, they'll, they'll, they'll especially something like big like Alex Jones, Joe Rogan show, they'll, they'll, <laughs> they'll, they'll, they'll definitely, yeah. Yeah, and and the um, something you said there, I wanted to comment on. Um, uh, I can't remember what it was, but you said something there that, that deserved comment. But I, I maybe it'll pop back into my head. No, I was saying ten people run. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, I, that was it. Yeah. You can have six, ten, or twenty people in each precinct helping them get elected and helping them do the patriotic things. It's a, that only one will be able to run for election because they're. There's only one position. In a few states, they have a man and a woman per precinct, so then there would be two positions. But you could have 5, 10, or 20 people who are committed to help them get their job done and, you know, like support them, just like you would support congressional candidates doing their work. And since the county has health, the county can set health law as far as a vaccine mandate, right? Doesn't the county have powers over uh, over the health? I think they do. I'm, I'm sorry. Can you repeat that? I had no speaker. I, 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 I think the counties can get rid of the vaccine mandate because, I, if I remember correctly, the counties have major power over the health laws, right? Am I correct about that? Well, or is that the, I think they the would state? have to get the sheriffs, the sheriffs and the police to say, and the prosecutors to say we're not going to enforce any ban- mandate. And furthermore, Governor DeWine of Ohio, if you send any of your goons in here to threaten businesses or hospitals, we will um, arrest them. And if you come to Hamilton County, we'll arrest you. Of course, our prosecutors in major cities seem to be all bought off. They're, they're, they're not with the people right now. They're Protecting the, the dictators, telling DeWine and all the rest of them what to do. Well, you okay. know, as I said many times on this show, things are going to get worse before they get better. That's just the inevitable. And until we take back the House and the Senate in 2022, retain the House and Senate in 2024, and pray that Donald Trump uh, does uh, run for election again, things are not going to change. Um, we're probably going to have more vaccine mandates. We're going to have more divisions in this country. The border crisis is going to get worse. Our enemies are going to be more emboldened. Uh, North Korea shot a missile into Japanese territory last week. Uh, Russia shot a ballistic missile. 
They feel emboldened because with the Biden regime, they smell America. China threatening Taiwan. Correct, correct, exactly. And so, unfortunately, the reality is, yes, every day I wake up, I wake up with great uncertainty. We live in troubling times. I think a lot of Americans wake up with great uncertainty, not knowing what tomorrow is going to be. I literally cringe when I'm going to turn on the news. But reality-wise, things are going to get worse before they become better. And the key to getting back our country is, once again, Republicans taking back the House and the Senate in 2022, retaining it in 2024, and having Donald J. Trump pull a Grover Cleveland and get across the finish line as uh, President of the United States. What about just recalling everybody right now? Recalling all the rhinos. Can't we recall? We can recall most of these politicians, right? Can't we recall no, most of them? Not with a not with a computer vote counted in secret by three criminal countries that are trying to companies that are trying to play this. Look, that guy in California, Gavin Newsom, he has helped tens of thousands of families and businesses that were, that were liberal. I don't believe he got reelected out there, you know. So you look at real vote count, which they hide from us. So I don't think we. I think recalling them is, excuse me, wasted energy until we get the computer system fixed, which has to be done through the precinct system. I like your plan. I like your style. It all makes sense. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, by all accounts, uh, Governor Newsom should have lost that recall election. But once again, the California Republican Party did not hold the line. It's a failure of the California Republican Party that has failed for decades in not getting people across the line in the red column. And it it just made Gavison Newsom feel more emboldened, if anything, his uh, victory, because now California is the first state to make it mandatory, uh, I believe, for um, teachers to get vaccinated before returning back to the classrooms. And I think I may be wrong on this. I think also mandating children to be vaccinated as well. And so elections have consequences. And at the end of the day, but you also got to remember, a lot of smart entrepreneurs uh, people who were successful, who had businesses, uh, you know, when things started getting really bad in states like California and New York and Hawaii uh, and Illinois, a lot of them took their chips and they moved on to greener pastures by moving on to red states where they can have their freedoms and where they have a chance for their businesses to prosper and a, and a better quality of life. And so I think uh, the remaining or the majority of the remaining people in these blue states, um, you know, they're, they're never going to vote, you know, the right way. They're never going to vote using common sense. And I think it's those elements that remained in California that got Newsom across the line. Um, but a lot of people have moved on to greener pastures and moved to states such as Texas and um, uh, Florida and South Carolina and Tennessee and Arizona uh, where they have a chance to prosper because there aren't any lockdown measures so they can thrive, have a better quality of life. We all know in these liberal strongholds that the crime rate is astronomically out of the roof in c- 
cities like San Francisco and Los Angeles and, and New York and Chicago. Um, and so, yeah, um, you know, I hate to say it, but the ignorant ones remained. Um, and those are the ones who got Newsom in, in, in power. And once again, it's a failure of the Republican Party. I kind of want to know, what have you been doing for 40 years? The last success you've ever had was Ronald Reagan when he ran for governor and then when he ran for president. Other than that, what have you done for 40 years? You basically allowed California to become one of the bluest strongholds in the country. And that is the problem with a lot of these liberal strongholds. They used to be conservative strongholds. They used to be Republican strongholds, and they failed in holding the line. And my question is, what are you guys still doing there? You should all be fired. You should all be fired, and the whole party needs to be revamped because it's, it's definitely not working for Republicans. It's not working for conservatives. It's working to increase the power of Democrats and get Democrats across the line. Did you know that in, in uh, the 2020 election, Donald Trump only won Texas by six points? Ladies and gentlemen, that is a wake-up call. If we were talking about the 2000 election between George W. Bush and Al Gore, I mean, George W. Bush handedly won his state by a definitive margin. And then in 2020, Trump wins it by six points. That's a wake-up call. That's the Republican Party in the state of Texas that is starting to fail in holding the lines. Six points, that's the wake-up call. Joseph, you're treating the election results the published results as if they're real. I, I believe Trump won California, and so does a lot of people out there, because most people just notice Trump loves America and Biden hates America. I believe Trump beat Biden by 40 million votes and Hillary by 10 million. Now, people would say, well, you're nuts. Okay, well, let's see the votes. I'm not trying to stop us from seeing the real votes. So don't take well, I agree with you, though. The, the liberal news media is turning more and more people liberal the longer it goes. But I don't don't take these, you know, these computer published results as necessarily uh, gospel truth, is all I would say. The other thing I would say is elections have consequences even when they put the loser in as the winner by computer fraud. Yeah, and, and that's, I mean, well, that's my concern. Well, I mean, that's my concern with with 2022, and I think that if the Democrats were to win in 2022, just the very fact that everything that's going on right now in America, with gas prices being higher, food being higher, inflation, you know, of, you know, taking forever to get a car because you can't get a chip, in, you know. Uh, you know, for it, all those things. And if the Democrats are able to maintain the House and the Senate in 2022, I think that in and of itself is going to show that there's got to be some type of chicanery for them to win. I mean, how can things be so falling apart in this country, you know, and, you know, and, and them actually maintain power? The, the, we, I think the, the problem is, is we know they cheated. We know they did. The yeah. hard part is going to be proving it. I mean, especially if they were somehow to pull out and be able to maintain power after 2022. I mean, 
that just go that just goes beyond logic to say that they couldn't win. But if they still are able to maintain power, then the the, the hard part is knowing that they cheated. It's proving and showing that they cheated. Well, they did in Arizona. They did. But look what happened. The cover story came that right. oh, Biden won Arizona. We'll That's the yeah. And the problem is, is you have elite corporations that keep funding the swamp. That's a part of the spigot that we have to shut off. And I and I do believe a hundred years ago when the Federal Reserve came came in to play is that they, with the Federal Reserve, just started printing up money and taking over corporations and buying companies. Remember in the 80s, people were buying up, they were, there were acquisitions and mergers all over the place in the 1980s because they wanted to, they, they, they keep funding the swamp, and that's the problem. You know, it's hard to gain power when these corporations keep funding the swamp, and that's what we need to figure out is how to shut that off too. So we can shut up, shut their mouths, and get rid of this mainstream. Uh, I call it mainstream media. Is how can we shut them up? Uh, that, that's they're kind of, that's one of the biggest problems of all time. But but think think about it. Think about it. Republicans nearly took the house. They they only have a seven seat minority. They're seven seats from taking the majority. So if if that were true, if the Democrats have the capacity to rig every election, well, Donald Trump would have never got elected in 2016. Neither no, no. would Ronald Reagan. Neither would George W. Bush. So it's, that logic doesn't hold. They can't. They, they don't have the capacity to rig it. So they went. They they knew if they had to rig something, they were going to rig the presidential election. That was more important to rig it. The RNC, what they failed to do was their way of throwing Donald Trump under the bus was not deploying all of their legal resources in all 50 states to have an eye on the proceedings. So basically, Donald Trump and his legal team went in and on all alone. Now the RNC, because they're not the brightest of the bunch, they realize, well, that was a bad mistake because now our party is in danger of going extinct for the first time since 1854 and making it a one-party system. So now they know, even the establishment in the rhinos, they know to survive, to fight another day. They have to deploy the full resources of the RNC in 2022 and 2024. And they also, it's really hard to rig something when you have the whole world watching you. And let's just face it, guys. The whole world was not watching 2020. Nobody in a million years thought the election was going to be rigged or could be rigged. What I witnessed on November the 3rd Joseph, and Joseph, many other Americans Joseph, did. Joseph, Joseph, are you kidding? 80% of Trump people polled said they thought they were going to rig it against Trump. What do you mean nobody was expecting it to be rigged? When I say nobody was expecting it to be rigged is 81% of Trump supporters believe they were it was going to get rigged nobody really thought it was going to get rigged they could give an answer in a poll and nobody came into election day really thinking it was going to get rigged and i know this because i was i'm around a lot of trump supporters and a lot of trump networks 
And many people say we thought it was going to get rigged, but we never really believed it could actually happen. I actually have a lot of people who said, even my, even I was jawjacked. A lot of people didn't think it was possible. There's a difference from saying I believe in a poll, but from actually not really saying it, but not really believing it. Because on election day, nobody thought that was going to happen. Nobody okay. did. You know? And by the way, I don't mind anybody disagreeing with me. That's what we're here to do is to get our thoughts out. But I couldn't disagree more. Everybody I knew thought it was going to be rigged. Trump got was 800,000 votes ahead on election night, and then they said they came up with 2 million mail-in ballots within the next two days, and Biden supposedly got three-fourths of them. So everybody by then knew that, that things were, were, were being rigged. But, but here's the thing, though. Um, well, yeah, I knew. I knew. Yeah, I knew that. I knew they were rigging it as soon as they, as soon as they start shutting these things down. Like, oh, here it comes. But go ahead. Yep. I'm sorry. But here's the thing. The um, I don't know. There's something else you said I wanted to address there. Oh no, 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 no. The Democrats are not the ones rigging the election. It's the shadow government. The 300 George Soros. There's 300 bankers that run the world in economy. They run the Fed, the IMF. They're the ones that erected the three companies. Are you clear that three private billionaire companies, each one of them is hired by each of 96% of our counties, and they count those votes on their secret computer programs? Okay, are you clear that that's the case? And that the Board of Elections signs a paper, a contract that says, we will not look at your computer program. Now, if you don't get that, understood first you're, you're going to make all wrong conclusions they could have easily easily stopped trump from being elected all they had to do with when they get to vote these companies okay they get to vote and they look at it and if they don't like the results they change them as easy as you and i change a word document bev harris demonstrated that on cnbc in 2007 they just change it they don't like trump got 90 million Biden got 70 million, and now they're doing it county by county. But no, they just change it by by just going in and erasing what's there and putting a table and sending it back to the counties. The 3,000 counties accept whatever they get. They announce it without question, and then crooked, totally owned by the 300 bankers media for 50 years has, has announced it without question. They did not have this computer system nationwide till 1988, so they couldn't really. Uh, rig it against Reagan uh, because all the country wasn't computerized till 88, but they were getting closer and closer. Um, plus, they got some, several big things done under Reagan they wanted done, and they let him do some good things, but they got some big things done under him they wanted done. I don't know if he was totally aware of it or not, but when Trump was praising Hillary in 2016, they could have easily said, oh, Hillary won Florida by a one and a half percent. Hillary won Pennsylvania. People say, oh, no, Trump's victory was so big that they couldn't do that. No. They look at the results and change them and send them back to the county, and nobody ever challenges them because the county are a bunch of brain-dead idiots. That's what they mainly are, brain-dead idiots, or people that are climbing the party ladder and need their job. They could have easily stolen it from Trump. Up until 9 p.m. on – I have a, a YouTube you might want to look up. Uh, called and it's also on open letter to Donald Trump open letter to Donald Trump dot com in the right hand column top called my encounter with Trump on computer election fraud because by a minor miracle I got face to face with him for one minute 
gave him the paper of what websites to look at, told him he had to protect himself from computer vote fraud. This was in March 1, uh, 2016 in Marshalltown High School in Marshalltown, Iowa. He said he would read it, handed it to his bodyguard. We talked for about 40 seconds or 50 seconds, and I go into what was said and what happened from that moment until he walked out as the winner in, in November. But he, one of his people, Gary Forbes, got in touch with me. who used to work for him. He was a high-level volunteer for the campaign. After a few months, Trump said on August 1st, 2016, he began saying, I'm afraid they're going to rig the election against me. You may remember that. The last two questions, basically, in the two, last two debates with Hillary was the Trump, will you accept their election results? And he said in the second one, I'll keep you in suspense. I'll wait to see the evidence. So they were trying with their phony polls saying Hillary Trump didn't have a chance for eight months saying Trump didn't have a chance with their phony lying polls, the big networks. Then on Election Day until 9 p.m., the New York Times website said that Trump, uh, excuse me, Hillary had an 87 percent chance to win. And I was about to go on Twitter to have a Twitter storm to my few Twitter subscribers. And my friend in Texas called me. He was a good researcher. He said, the New York Times just changed it from Hillary has a 87% chance to win to that Trump has a 93% chance to win. And I go into everything, all the details, all the logical conclusions from that. But they decided at 9 p.m., they tried for months with the phony polls. They said Hillary, and they realized we are going to lose more if we put Hillary in on top of Obama, Bush, and Clinton. We're going to lose more people will not believe the elections. we got to let Trump in. Now, I don't have any inside information, but I believe that's what's happened. All I can tell you is, though, they could have easily defeated Trump in 2016 because they totally control that what the computer about count is. And they see what it is. They change it to what they want. And there are zero checks and balances on it. I'm not yelling at anybody. I'm just trying to emphasize because we only have a few minutes here. They, 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 no one, there's no checks and balances. A guy named John Brakey has been suing to try to get at the ballots and the ballot images. Two years later from the 2018 election, now it's three years, he can't get at any of the, any of the ballots or ballot images because of a paltry few in each in a few counties where he's got to tell them in advance what he wants so they can change the ballots to make sure they match the computer count in that section. The dictators are ruling us as fast as they can by computer fraud. And if you don't start with that premise, you're not going to be able to figure anything else out of what's happening. Yeah, but is plus, there definitive plus. proof of that? Is there definitive what? proof, conclusive yes. proof that that's what's actually okay, going on? Yeah, that's just wait a minute. Arizona, the ballots had disappeared for six months. The ballots had disappeared for six months. Those damn crooks. We want them the ballots not to disappear. Of course, I told everyone from day one, Arizona will say that basically the result was correct. Now, Robert Robert brought up a point that I wanted to address. We have to prove that they've cheated. It's hard to prove. It's impossible to prove. Because we can't see the ballots, we're not allowed to see the ballot images, which are pictures of the ballots, and we're not allowed to see their programs. So the thing is not, we ha- we can't go in saying, gee, we're going to try to prove, and they always say, well, there was a little problem and not enough to switch the election. No, there's only one reason you boards of elections exist, you morons. The only reason you exist is to make sure that the count you publish is the count that the people voted. 
You're publishing these counts. We're suing you because you're lying. Prove with ballots and prove that these counts are correct. That's what we need to do. And if it gets too far and they won't do it, we need to get out the guns and shoot them or put them in jail. That's where we are. And so <laughs> the only proof, the, the only proof the you need, the only proof you need is that they take the ballots illegally in secret and count them. We don't need any more proof that they're cheating us than that. And man, when, when I when I replay this show, your comment about we either need to change it or take some guns and shoot them, I'm gonna have that as my ringtone. Just to let you. Know. <laughs> well, I mean, we we would do it. Hey, but hey, hey, hey! Everybody likes Mao Zedong's route. You remember what Mao said? Political power comes out of the barrel of a gun. Yeah. Yeah, and one of my friends well, said. Well, and, and we, we'd like to do it peacefully, but I've been saying for a long time on this program that we're going to get Kelly in. Um, and, yeah, don't let your calls drop, because if your calls drop, it will be hard to get you back in, if, if, if able to get you back in at all, uh, if, if your call drops the next three minutes. So uh, make sure they're, they're uh, charged and everything. Uh, but, I mean, I've been saying that for a long, you know, for, for months now, I mean, as, as, as you said, I mean, we want to be able to do things peacefully. We are promoting a peaceful way of doing this. Right. But unfortunately, what they're doing is they are forcing our hand. And, and, the, and, and now they've become so – I mean, they've been powerful, but now they think that they're so untouchable is they're doing things in broad daylight. I mean, how – I mean, yeah, but – studying politics and, and, and government for four decades now. But, I mean, it's plainly clear that why they're trying to force our military to get vaccinated, because they want to see who's going to comply and who's not. And they only want those who will comply to be in the military so that if it ever came down to the citizenry pulling a 1776 – and we will need the military, the sheriffs, and our police departments on our side, especially the military. We need the military. Well, we would need the military on our side, frankly, more than anyone. So we're going to need people inside the military to back us up if it would come to a, a 1776 moment. Now, that's not what we're calling for, and that's not what we want. But they are, you know. I think what you're alluding to by saying shoot them, Jim, is that, that I mean, that's, that's the position that they are putting us in. So, I mean, we right. want to be able to do it through elections that are, you know, that are true, that are, um, right. you know, that, that are accurate. And we, and we don't know. Uh, now, I mean, I, I mean, I hope, I always knew that they can, they can rig it. I always hope that, they, I, I always hope that they wouldn't. And then once they start shutting stuff down, you know, when it looked like Trump was going to win, and then they decided to shut things down, then I knew they were doing it. They were doing it. And then when right. you have places like Fox News calling Arizona, you know, you know early. But anyway, go ahead, Jim, and I'm going to bring in, uh, bring in uh, Kelly. Go ahead. No, you're right. You're right. We are not. Excuse me. We are not calling for violence on this show. I'm just saying that if they come to get our guns, if they come to get food, our food, uh, guns so that we, our kids can eat because they somehow block off the food, if they come to force vaccinate us with 
what is often a deadly vaccine or a harmful vaccine. We don't even know what's in it. What are we supposed to do? That's when Tom Jefferson said, Thomas Jefferson said, every 30 or 40 years, the tree of liberty will have to be watered with the blood of tyrants. I'm not rooting for that. I just bought a gun recently, Robert, when they charged the McCloskeys, who had got their guns to defend themselves against a mob of 500. I just got a gun. I haven't had. I've, last time I shot a gun was 1971 in Xavier University ROTC. I'm not a real like I a gun loving guy, but I got one because founding fathers said in the papers, in the Federalist Papers, why did they do the Second Amendment? Third reason was that a foreign government might invade. Second reason was earthquakes and there'd be trouble and the local people would have to help each other when they were in trouble from natural disasters. But the first reason, Robert, was because they feared the federal government would become a tyranny and we would have to use guns on the federal government. As Howard Phillips, the founder of the Constitution Party, once said at a table half-jokingly, and we all laughed, he said, the Second Amendment was not given to us so we can shoot bears, but so, so we can shoot congressmen. So let's go ahead yeah. and bring in uh, Kelly. Um, let's, uh, we got plenty. We got about an hour left, folks. We do have uh, time here, so let's go ahead and bring in Kelly. Uh, thank you very much, Kelly, for coming to the show. How are you? Hey, good. Sorry, I'm a little late. I was out uh, <clears throat> prospecting for gold and got a hot site. But anyway, um, yeah, we'll see. I figured I should make as much money as possible because if some government agent comes after me for a political crime. I can bribe him. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, so California, we had some rain last night. I've been apologizing to locals. You know, this is a, a COVID thing. I said, hey, I'm very sorry that I wasn't wearing my raincoat because me not wearing my raincoat makes your raincoat un- ineffective. <laughs> So that's and I got yeah, that, that's I got like, that audio, Kelly. I got that audio if, if you ever want if you want me to play that. Oh yeah, that that's a kick. People really get a this has got over a million views in a couple of days, comedian, but it's killer. And you know, my raincoat thing, it's just like if I don't take my vitamins, I'm sorry, Robert, but me not taking my vitamins makes your vitamins ineffective. <laughs> yep. So anyway, I saw this funny uh Obi Wan Kenobi uh Star Wars cartoon it said uh, I feel a disturbance in the force this is after the Facebook thing I feel a disturbance in the force millions of people the chattering squabbling voices have stopped (laughs) you know Facebook went down for I don't know how many hours (laughs) anyway so there's another really good cartoon it says uh, basically bad governments are getting so bad that they have to take it. That, that's why they want to take our guns. <laughs> Give us a good government. <laughs> you won't have any worry about that. Anyway, Second Amendment. Okay, so I'm a little, um, little bit uh, stunned from Joseph, and I figure maybe he's just, maybe he's just testing us to get our our thoughts about election integrity. You know, he's saying nobody expected uh, a fraud in the in the uh, election uh, fraud election cheating 
uh, in the 2020 general election in November. Well, let me give you some names, Joseph, okay? I wrote them down while I'm waiting to get called. And, of course, watch the vote. We have 2,000-plus members. They were well aware. Truth about out of true the vote. They're out of Texas. They put cameras uh, and they watch people stuff ballots. And the average stuffing was 23 locations. And this is in Texas, Georgia, Arizona, Pennsylvania, Michigan. And a whole bunch of volunteers. They caught on film. Same guy stuffing the ballots. Uh, you don't stuff like 300 ballots into one drop box. <clears throat> you stuff them in multiple locations. Oh, and they tracked them too. And they kept finding, oh, they're going to a warehouse for getting these fake ballots. Other people expecting the um, election fraud was election justice. And they helped with the Bernie Sanders people in 2016, documenting as Watch the Vote did with an online survey of how they were cheating to make sure Bernie Sanders didn't win and Hillary Clinton did win the primary. So they're wide awake. John Brakey, by the way, is a socialist. Audit USA, he was well aware of it. He's been advising the Arizona legislature on the recount effort. Um, Chris Stubbs, after uh, Bevin's loss in 2018, she got an organization. I'm going to guess she's got well over 1,000 people there. Like, yeah, Yvonne Hutton Pulitzer, the computer geek, he's well aware of what's going on, and he's educated literally thousands. But Sidney Powell came out recently with evidence that they've been cheating for 20 years. Jim has been doing this since, what, 79? We got one other person that you might – 79, was it, Jim? Yes. I got dragged into it when I saw people, all the bad guys, run into winning place in the city council election while the computers were down. As soon as they came up, they jumped six places. Yeah, so one person you, you might have heard of, you might have heard of, his name is Donald Trump. He's was the president of the United States. He issued an executive order in September of 2018. And this executive order, I've read it, September 2018, he's declaring that our election system is critical infrastructure because he knew it was coming. So, oh, by the way, we've got a couple more people. James Renwick, he is a uh, retired intelligence, military intelligence. He still had connections with the uh, NSA, the NSA is a military intelligence. So he explained to me how Trump won in 2016. The NSA had, and this is, Obama didn't know what was happening, but white hat hackers in the NSA in 2016, the white hat hackers of the NSA were blocking the black hat hackers that was, that was trying to get Hillary Clinton to win. It was an invisible cyber war. And that's why Trump won, because of the invisible cyber war. That's why, obviously, Trump would have then did the executive order September 2018, election systems, critical infrastructure. The word nobody, Joseph, I mean, I think I know you better than this, but maybe you're just kind of testing us. You're kind of seeing if you can get uh, get us riled and get us talking about this. So um, in, in the last, I mean, I've been at this since like 2011, and uh, I knew what was going on and the potential because I programmed in, in five computer programming languages. And so I knew this potential, and there has been more people waking up than I have ever seen, and it's exciting. And 
so the NSA branches of the military they knew about it and how are, how are we going to the good news here folks is finally supervisors here in Sisk County to my knowledge we haven't funded the Dominion machines the supervisors they hold the purse strings our election clerk oh yeah I'll, I'll, I'll sign the con the renewal contract well the supervisors after hearing for two hours on June 15th of this year the supervisors wouldn't fund Dominion. That's a victory here. So this is going on all over the country now, but other people, how do you grow a movement like this that doesn't start from scratch instantly? There's people like Jim and me and so many other people who have been, Paul Thomas, um, so many other people that have been well aware of this and they communicate, of course, um, uh, what did Gandhi say about this? At first they mock and laugh at first they don't take you serious then they laugh at you then they try to persecute you so there's been a big groundswell of oh gee 2012 the ron paulers ron paulers 2012 it's another group they've been suspicious ever since seeing ron paul get cheated in so many states north uh, south carolina specifically um so there this movement to where we are now where the public is greatly aware is because of people like Jim. Oh, Bev Harris, she's another one. A black box voting, go to her. She was calling this out before 2012. Um, I went to an election integrity conference in the fall of 2016. A bunch of people, all sorts of walks of life and political parties. Libertarians have known about this going back to 2012. So it's absolutely mind-blowing. So what we have now with people coming out of the woodwork, um, all sorts of people. It didn't start just because of November uh, 3rd general election. It came because uh, people who have been shouting from the rooftops, Jim et al., so many others have educated enough people that they finally, maybe I should take this serious. Maybe I should look into this more. And they look into it more, and they become frightened. They become concerned. I still got some lady locally called me here and there. What can we do? Let's do this and let's do that. 2016, grand juries, five grand juries in California looked at the election systems, and they wrote of their concerns in the grand jury report, county grand juries. So, yeah, there was an awful lot of people expecting it, watching for it, and, and now the movement has grown. The good news is legislatures and county officials are finally listening Finally, listening to us computer geeks. And um, North Carolina, there's a gentleman, uh, his name, uh, he was on the show for a short time with us, with Chris Stubbs that one night. He got legislation passed. Three of his five got passed, and he's going through the numbers. I knew North Carolina North Carolina was secure and would go for Trump. How did I know Florida would was, was secure? Because Florida has been several times in history, just an election disaster. Just because John Brakey and um, one of our members of Watch the Vote, Jeff Liberty, they sued the state. You will keep the digital ballot images. I knew Florida would be secure because of their work. So, and okay, so and this so was before answer, the 2016 election. Correct. To answer your question, uh, no, I'm not trying to test anyone. 
Uh, you go to the 1961 uh, the, uh, election between Kennedy and Nixon. Many people think that Nixon won that fair and square. He didn't contest that. You go to 2000, uh, George W. Bush versus Gore. Uh, many Democrats believe that that election was rigged. And I always say in this that in uh, November of 2020, yeah, there may have been people who had suspicions that it was going to be rigged, but most people didn't think the system or, or the Democratic operatives were capable of doing it. There's a difference. Most well, yeah, people it, did not it, think it was capable. And although President Trump was taking his precautions, because back in September he was contesting Pennsylvania State Supreme Court, which was changing the guidelines of the general election, and they were saying that ballots could be counted seven days after the general election date of November the 3rd. He did try to contest that, and unfortunately they ruled against him. The, the state uh, Supreme Court of Pennsylvania unconstitutionally did that. So at the end of the day, did most people believe it could happen? Yes, but did most people walk into November 3rd thinking it was actually going to happen. And when I say most, I mean in the majority. I mean the majority of Americans who did vote. I'm talking about 81 million Americans. I'm not talking about 40 to 100 people who may have said, yes, I knew this was going to happen. There's a big difference. And I talk to a lot of people, and they're so angry because they didn't think that it was possible. They did not think that the will of their vote could be subverted in this manner. Oh, okay, so what you're saying? Jim, 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 hold on, Jim, hold on, Jim. Okay, well, it helps with that clarification, that Joseph, because <laughs> that that clarification is really helpful. Because I would agree with you that most people thought it might be possible, but they didn't. It may, they may not think it would happen. Politicians like uh, Larry Elder. He didn't call anything on this in the last election. He's like, well, I just kind of, you know, he didn't think anything about it. Some of these politicians are not awoke enough that they could even have a suspicion that it might happen. But we've come a long way, Joseph, which is really good news. The good news is a lot of people are now awake about the problem. Legislators are listening. The changes are probably only going to happen in the red states. And so we're going to see problems in the blue states, Colorado, Oregon, Washington State. Um, you know, we're, then it comes down to when we have red states going even more red from the proper legislation and blue states staying the same way that they are, then what do we do? Because I don't want to see a civil war. Uh, that is absolutely inevitable. It's unfortunate, but it's too much money being thrown around. There's too many people that will take a bribe. It's too much. You've got George Soros. It's just too much money being thrown around. That's a big problem. That's a huge. That's one of the biggest problems of all time. And Mao Zedong's like, look, we're just going to make it easy and quick. Political power comes out of the barrel of a gun. I mean, it's just that. It's just unfortunate that. This trillions and billions of dollars just thrown around the local prosecutors, and you've got the critical race theory. It, it's just money being thrown at the school boards. We need you to do critical race theory. It, dude, it's just too much money. It's just too much cash. 
valid point, but I still stick to my guns on that one. Did most people think it was going to happen? Yes, but did they actually walk into November 3rd thinking it was going to happen? That's a big contrast. No, okay, most I- did not, what they witnessed with their own eyes. Most did not. And that's okay, what's created the movement. That's what makes the movement even more powerful. You got 81 million Americans that are pissed as hell, that are pissed yeah. that their votes were robbed from them. And let me ask you this. Months prior to the election, uh, on Robert's show, we were discussing, you know, what were the chances of Biden winning or losing in Trump. And I, I don't I, – I, correct me if I'm wrong. I'm not, I don't want to put words in anyone's mouth. Uh, I'll, I'll ask along the line. Robert, did you actually think that on November the 3rd what you witnessed was a- actually going to happen? And then I'll ask the same thing of Steve. And then I'll ask the same thing of well, Kelly. There's a difference. Well, I certainly I, never imagined that was going to happen, Robert. I, I well, I, I well, I well, I did. I mean, and I, I mean, if you go back into the archive, uh, when I was talking about, um, you know, when I talked about the election, no, I certainly thought, as I said earlier, even tonight, I, I know I certainly thought it was possible. And I was saying, I hope it's not. I mean, I knew it was possible. But my hope was, as I voted, and my, my daughter was so excited to vote for Trump in their very first election, um, that – and she was – you know, she, she don't follow politics like I do, but she was hopeful um, that, of course, you know, Trump would win. But, no, I always thought there was a, a, a distinct possibility, if not probability, that they were going to cheat. Uh, I was hoping up until, again, that – you know, they start shutting things down that, that Trump was going to win. But then once they did that, it solidified, you know, my my thoughts that I've had for a long time. Again, if you can look back in the archives, I always thought there was a, a definite possibility, if not probability, that they were going to steal it. Um, they tried so many ways to get rid of him while he was president and then with COVID and then with all the – you know, the, the fraud with the mail-in ballots and, and things of that nature. No, I mean, I, I, no, I certainly thought well, – we got a, a Skype caller. We'll get you in a little bit. Um, you know, I certainly thought so. But, but we'll go ahead and go to the next person. I'm going to bring the Skype caller in the green room. Go ahead. I think Joseph means to ask me. I'm Jim Condon, Jr., not Steve, but that's okay. Don't worry. I'm not worried about the name, but just so you know. So I, I will say this. In your favor, um, I was very worried that they might do it. But at that point, let's say a month before the election, I was saying with Biden unable to finish a sentence, and he was a lot worse then than he is now. They must have him on meds. With Biden, Biden unable to get to a paragraph, I'll try to fix it. That was my, and I went into election night thinking 50-50. They, they might try it. But I, if you had to say which way do you lean, I would have said even on election night at the beginning, I don't think they can dare give it to, to Biden because it's so obvious it would be stolen. But they did it. They did, they did it. So I was not sure of it. I just think a lot of people were very worried that it could happen. And uh, so, yeah, in that sense, you would be right that no, I don't think anybody was saying I'm absolutely positive they're going to steal the election. I wasn't saying that. Especially in the manner that they did, because uh, it, it caught the world by surprise. They took uh, a Georgia, which was a traditionally red state, 
They right. took Arizona, which is a traditionally red state. No one expected that. Um, you know, they, they took back Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, and Michigan, which they robbed that. And then you ask yourself, who would still want Whitmer in power? She issued one of the most draconian lockdown measures. So it wasn't adding up uh, because he had to hold the red wall. And I, I, I think also people didn't expect it in the manner that it happened. Well, and it that's happened true. in a very deviant manner. And don't, don't if forget you get what I'm saying. No, I think you're right. And I'll tell you what shocked me. When they, Trump was had, let's say, in Pennsylvania, 800,000 votes, and he said, we won the election. Then they stopped all the counts. But then when they came up with 2 million mail-in ballots, and then you knew from the court cases, a lot of them no postmark, not all of them no signature, a lot of them not folded, which is what they would have had to do to get them in the envelope. And they used those mail-in ballots. That shocked me because that's where they made a mistake. They dropped their mask, and you now got the whole country afraid of voter fraud, thanks to them using all those mail-in ballots. Many, many of them obviously would have been disqualified by any honest judge because they had no date they postmark, and they had no signature. You know? Exactly, and you know what's more dubious? At the beginning of election night, he was leading in Pennsylvania until he stopped the vote tally. He was right. leading in Michigan. Yep. He was leading in Wisconsin. Exactly. Yeah. He was leading in, in, in Georgia. He was leading in, in Arizona. Right. And, and, and I'm even angry at Fox because Fox was one of the first uh, stations to prematurely call Arizona for Biden. So it's also in the manner that they did it. I don't think anyone could have ever comprehended that they would be able to pull it off in the manner that they did. Uh, Fulton County said they had to stop counting because there was a water main break close to midnight. It was never a water main break. It wasn't one. It didn't exist. Maybe in their delusional minds, but it didn't exist. So it's Man, like in funny. all these states, I think when they saw, oh, my God, OMG, Trump is going to take this, that's when the forces of evil came out and said, we got to make an excuse to stop the count. Otherwise, 2016 is going to repeat itself. And this no, is not no, going to be a long night. It probably could have called it at one. And I'll say one more thing. I'm in the state of North Carolina. He was up by 741,000 votes. They stopped the voting, and they called North Carolina. That was the last state to be called for Trump two weeks later. And what's more dubious is the count didn't change one iota. So why did they stop Trump on election night? The numbers didn't move a needle. And why did it take two weeks? For them to finally declare North Carolina as the last state. And then you ask yourself Alaska. Why did it take Alaska so long to count their ballots and call Alaska for Trump, which is one of the most reddest states? It took days for Alaska to be called. So, yeah, there are a lot of red flags out there, um, especially with these red states that no one would have ever imagined. At least I would have never imagined in a million years if you were going to rig it, it would be rigged that way. And why, and why did they stop the audits? Why are they fighting so hard against the audits? That's the biggest billion-dollar question of all time. Well, let's uh, – Why are they, because we did, why are they um, fighting against yeah, the audits? The clock is ticking with uh, the show tonight, and I do appreciate everyone and their input. Um, 
certainly appreciate it. We'll definitely have to have everyone you know on again as we do, and we'd love to have you back, Jim. We still got time, but I do want to bring uh, John on. Uh, so let's welcome John. Uh, thank you very much, John, for coming to the show. How are you tonight? Oh, I'm doing fine, thank you. And Jim Condit, it's great to hear you back. I love listening to you often. Oh, but thank you, Jim. It's, it's far and few too much, too few times. But anyway, what I wanted to point out, if we all remember back in 2016, now those of you that might be listening to this after the show on a podcast, go back and check all the Barge Logic political talk, you know, blog talk radio archives. This was in July of 2016, whenever Senator Mike Lee was at the Rules Committee for the RNC trying to convince everybody that the delegates, the delegates should vote their conscience, hint, hint, get Ted Cruz in there. And I knew at that point, because I started dialing for dollars, man, letting everybody that I knew in the media and every other, um, you know, uh, manager over these different campaigns that, hey, the Republicans are trying to steal the vote from the actual Republican Party, which is we, the people who are members of that party. The Republican elitists were trying to manipulate the rhinos. And I even tell everybody, go to cspan.org and look up the July the 2016 Rules Committee for the RNC, and halfway through that video, you'll see Mr. Um, Lee standing up and trying to con everybody to not vote for Donald Trump. And so that made me know, hey, there's a scam in the system, in the electoral system. And then later on when we found out that Bernie Sanders got screwed over by the Democrats, they actually screwed him over in their superdelegates manipulation and stuff. We knew that this stuff was possible without a doubt. Now, did we think it was going to happen again? Yes, we knew it was happening then. Yes, we thought it was going to happen again. But did we hope it was going to stay legit? Yeah, we had hopes, but we weren't going to rest on our laurels. There was some of us that were calling everybody and their brother under the sun, trying to make sure it stayed legal as best possible. So I just wanted to make sure that this podcast had that history record put on record. Thank you, and back to you, um, Rob. <coughs> Well, I no, appreciate it, but let's go ahead and uh, bring it back uh, to our guest here, Jim, and then I want to bring uh, Kelly back in. And then I do have a little bit of uh, humor. Uh, when we bring in Kelly, you can introduce it. I'll play it. No, we do like to have a little humor here, uh, especially during Bard's Logic After Dark, uh, which is the last hour of the show for, for those new listening to the program. Uh, but let's go ahead and bring it back to you, James, and then we'll bring in Kelly. and uh, introduce our funny uh, video we got, our audio <laughs> we got here and then we'll go from there but thanks uh john go ahead uh, Jim. i just wanted to comment there was one thing i wanted to comment on what joseph said and that is they had they had it planned to steal by mail-in ballots months before because they couldn't have created them all that fast and they also uh don't plan that late they have various contingencies of what they're going to do depending on what happens and uh, I'm sure they're, they're looking at the real election results, and they saw Trump had so much uh, in these this time around against Biden that they weren't going to be able to break down all the computers and switch the votes without sending on, you know, have them break down and switch the votes without sending off alarm bells. So they had planned, I believe, to use these mail-in ballots, which I think they made a mistake on because it alerted the whole world that something's wrong, you know, and especially with these 60 crooked judges 
and the crooked Supreme Court acting like there's no issue here. In other words, they refused to hear the cases. They didn't really hear them. They didn't hear the evidence. They, they said, you know, it's not worth hearing, and everybody looking at it can realize that is a dishonest decision that a, a, a freshman in high school would never make when you have a lot of mail-ins with no signatures and no, no uh, 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 postmarks. If those aren't illegal ballots, what is an illegal ballot? So off to Kelly. Uh, go ahead, Kelly. Yeah, I. Uh, <clears throat> it is encouraging, and I'm glad you clarified what you were saying, Joseph. Um, it is encouraging how the American people are waking up to this, and uh, we move forward from there. Um, but there, are t- I called up John Brakey once, and uh, you know he's on the other political spectrum. I'm libertarian; he's socialist. But I just call him up one day and says, John. How you doing? Oh, you know, nice. He says, John, I'm calling you because some days I wonder what I know. Why do I even vote? Why do I go to the polls? He says, do you feel that way? He said, yes. <clears throat> he said, yes. So it, it's encouraging we're making progress. I want to go ahead and introduce a uh, video by J.P. Sears. He is uh, <clears throat> a comedian, and he does kind of a juxtaposition, and, and uh, he's having a debate. Uh, I want to because we can't see it. The video <clears throat> be nice to see it, but this is an audio show, so I'll have to explain that the the scene before this gets played. It's just hilarious, and he's I think it's been out three days. He's got over a million views, and uh, it, it's 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 um, it's about life jackets. So here's the scene. You know, here's a guy. He's got his he wants to go for a swim, walking by a pool with a towel, and this guy says, "Uh, uh." You can't go in without your life jacket. <clears throat> and so he's he's having a, a discussion about why he has to have uh, a life jacket, and it's mandated. And then, and then there's a, a guy in the pool that's wearing a life jacket. And then towards the end, there's a guy drowning, splashing, splashing, drowning. And uh, so he's debating, and actually the other person is himself. But he uses a whiny. The whiny voice is is the guy telling him you must uh, buy a life jacket, and oh, you can buy it from me. And so you, you it's the parallel, obviously, with with COVID. But it's a killer, killer video. Um, so I, I at least had to describe visually the scene, um, so you'll get the audio better. All right, so let me go ahead and um, play it here. I think you guys get a chuckle out of it, but, I mean, it's funny, but it, it, it's, it's poignant. Ah, what are you doing? Here to do a little swimming. you got to wear a life jacket or else you can't come in. No, I'm good. Thank you, though. Life jackets are mandatory. Mandatory to wear a life jacket when you swim? And when you're not swimming, too. Why? Cases of people getting wet are going through the roof. It's a scary time. Put it on. But that doesn't mean they're drowning. People get wet every day. It's part of life. 0.00001182% of all people drown each year. That's practically everybody. So put on a life jacket. That doesn't make any logical sense. I'm not putting one on. I know how to swim. 
I've had swimming lessons. Oh, swimming lessons? You think those exist? So what, you just think your body has this natural ability to traverse through water in a way that keeps your head up so you can still breathe? Yeah, it's called swimming. Never heard of it. Flotation devices are backed by science. You don't believe in science? I do, it's just... I know how to swim. You're kind of being racist right now. What? Look how his life jacket is keeping him from drowning. He's just standing in shallow water. Put a life jacket on now. You're putting everyone at risk of drowning. How am I putting everyone at risk? Their life jackets won't work unless you have one on. Does his life jacket work? Yes, very well. Then why would he need me to wear a life jacket when his life jacket already works? We have to protect the protected swimmers from the unprotected swimmers. But aren't they already protected? Yes very well protected so they should be fine they would be except they're not very well protected because of you look you gotta put one on or you can't go in this feels creepy so where would i get one? Oh, i'm selling them right here you're selling life jackets yes of course so you're demanding that everyone wear a life jacket while you are selling life jackets yes for their protection. And they have to buy the life jacket from you? Indeed. Don't you think that's a conflict of interest? No conflict of interest that I can think of. How much money have you made this year from life jackets? Mm, $27 billion. Seems like you're more interested in making money than keeping people safe from us. You're an anti-science, anti-life jacket climate change denier. With cases of people getting wet going through the roof, I'm gonna need you to buy a life jacket from me and put it on. Or else you'll never have access to swimming pools, showers, rain, or drinking water ever again. You're treating me like I'm the enemy. If you're concerned with people drowning, shouldn't you be treating water like it's the danger instead of treating me like I'm the danger? Your body's made up of 70% water, so you're basically a ticking time bomb. Put one on. Buddy, you are the last person I'd want to take direction from. You're so pushy, it's creeping me out. You're like the Harvey Weinstein of lifeguards. Thank you. But look, just today, a man up the road died from drowning in a head-on collision car accident because he wasn't wearing his life jacket. Wouldn't he have died from the car accident? A bottle of water was found in the car. Counts as a water death. That doesn't make any sense. God works in mysterious ways, and there is no God, so you'll need to obey me. Oh my God! He's drowning! Help him! Sir, please get out of the pool and put this life jacket on. He can't get out! He's drowning! Grab the edge of the pool! It's right behind you! Just reach for it! It's not an approved method of protection against drowning. It's quite dangerous, actually. Just grab the edge! Do not do that! It's unapproved. For God's sake, just grab the edge! Can we censor him, please? For your protection, do not grab the edge. Help him! You're lifeguard! Okay, I will. You should have put a life jacket on while you still have a chance. You're kind of getting what you deserve. Look what you did to him, you monster. This never would have happened if you had a life jacket on. Now put a life jacket on. Okay. Now that you're fully protected, enjoy your swim. Ah, I'll need to see proof that you're wearing a life jacket. Show me your papers. So, so again, that was hilarious. And I, I was kind of laughing while it was on, but it, it, it's poignant. So, I mean, it's, it's definitely going on with, what, what's happening today? So, so people are who are vaccinated are protected against COVID, but they still have to worry about people who are unvaccinated. And then, of course, I wonder how much big pharma is making from these vaccines getting paid by the government. So then here we go. You got big pharma and government working hand in hand, and then 
I think that one of the most poignant things, I'll bring it back to you, Kelly, and then, and then Tim, and then we'll bring our roundtable. Unfortunately, we are running out of time here. But, you know, especially the last part is where you're starting to hear where people, well, we're doctors who are, trying, who, who are pro-forced vaccination are threatening not to treat people who have COVID if they didn't get the vaccine. And then they're like, oh, well, you know, like, like there's, I, and I'm, I think I'm seeing anecdotal evidence personally where I'm actually hearing from people who didn't get a vaccine. And then, like, I've, I've heard of one case where this lady got uh, COVID. She wasn't vaccinated. And then they were going to transfer her to another hospital. But she ended up passing away before they even transferred her to the other hospital. So it's making me wonder, you know, I mean, are they, is this really something that's becoming a practice where they're just going to let people who, you know, have gotten vaccinated, not even realizing why they didn't get the vaccine? It could have been a medical reason why they didn't get the vaccine. And they're just going to let these people die. I, for a while, you know, again, they're wanting people who don't comply. They want them to just die. And I think this virus is actually, I, I think it's a weapon. Personally, I think this was put out here to kill people because they've been how many how many years decades have they been saying you know how you know overburdened our healthcare system is well what way to unburden a healthcare system is to let people with uh, underlying conditions who are the mostly affected by COVID die but I mean that's that's my take on it but I'll bring it back to you Kelly well um, since since we uh, last talked I know we missed a couple of shows. Um, but uh, there's two doctors I want to mention, and you can search their and watch their videos. You're going to have to go to Rumble to find them, though. Dr. Vladimir Zelenko is in upstate New York in the Hudson Valley. Out of necessity, when it first hit, he didn't know what to do, so he researched uh, what France had figured out in South Africa. Successfully, he treated over 7,000 proven COVID patients with hydroxychloroquine and a couple and zinc and a couple other things. It's real simple. He explained it. Zinc, once it gets inside your cell, uh, viruses cannot replicate. And he had 85% of them that didn't need hospitalization. So hydroxychloroquine delivers the zinc into the cell. Viruses can't reproduce. It's that simple. And um, you, can, you can watch his, his videos, his interviews. He's using the word genocide. He estimates that a half a million, and he's Jew, by the way. He estimated that a half a million people didn't need to die. Now you go over to Dr. Brian Artis, and he has, uh, his father-in-law died from remdesivir. Uh, remdesivir. And uh, so he started doing a bunch of research even while his uh, father-in-law was dying. And he found out that remdesivir, there was a clinical trial in Africa when Ebola was, was coming out. They had to stop the clinical trial because 55% of the people were dying from remdesivir. Remdesivir is causing heart. Uh, it causes kidney failure and other organ failure. When the kidneys can't get rid of water, you start your body starts bloating up like his father-in-law did. And then you, you get fluid in the lungs, uh, pulmonary edema, and you die. And 20 to 
some numbers are higher, but remdesivir is basically poison killing people. And uh, he's having other doctors coming out and confirming this. This is point blank frightening. You can just look it up on his site, the Dr. Artist, A-R-D-I-S, Dr. Artist Show. You can also Google him on on uh, Rumble. And you're going to find, oh, my gosh, both of these doctors have come out claiming genocide. And the CDC knew remdesivir was bad. They knew hydroxychloroquine is safe. But they're still pumping remdesivir. I had a a friend whose um, stepdad died, and he knew already about remdesivir. He knew he was being treated, but he wasn't allowed in the hospital because he wasn't vaccinated. He knew his stepdad was going to die, and there was nothing he could do about it. And guess what happened? His stepdad died. He was on remdesivir. So what is going on here? I mean, we did get a petition to a federal grand jury in Medford, Oregon, uh, State House Senator Thatcher, State House Senator Lincoln, they have um, submitted the letter. It's a, a killer letter. It's really awesome. And hopefully the grand jury, not just there, but other states, because the State House legislators encouraged other State House legislators across this great land to submit petitions to their federal grand juries in, in, their, in their respective states. This needs to stop. I mean, Fauci knew full well that remdesivir uh, causes death. He knew it. And so what is going on here? This is a clip we should find for the show and maybe play it next week. Um, uh, the Linco is a little bit long, and but uh, Dr. Artis is, is just nailing it. And so Attorney Thomas Rance is on top of this. And it's gotten so bad with, with Rance. He's in Ohio. He says, every day somebody is calling me from all over the country. How can I legally fiddle from giving remdesivir? And he says, all over the country, it must be a master plan. What I'm suspicious of, the federal government is pumping money into hospitals and you shall treat according to our protocol from the CDC. You don't treat according to our protocol. You will not get federal funding, or the funding, federal funding will stop. This is horrifying. I don't think this would happen if Trump was president. But we got a serious problem here. And so is it genocide? Two doctors called it out. Rents is, is exposing it. We've got other attorneys coming online. They're in, you know, you've got American frontline doctors. You've got other doctors that are volunteering their time because basically it comes down to three types of doctors. Doctors that do their homework, Dr. Ely, there's a good long list of amazing doctors. They do their homework. They care about people. They're communicating. The second type of doctors are those who have not done their homework. The third type of doctors, or maybe they have or haven't done their homework, but they are employees of a hospital corporate board, and the corporate board loves the money, and they tell their doctors, you will not talk about hydroxychloroquine. You will not talk about ivermectin. You will not talk about zinc or D3. You will prescribe remdesivir because that's the CDC protocol. What is going on here? Now, people need to be going to jail for treason and murder. Um, even Dr. Zelenko was calling for a trial, international tribunal at The Hague, 
and um, Nuremberg. That type of trial is what he's calling for. I've tried to contact both of them. Let's try the grand jury approach. Nothing back yet. So basically, we have something that is ugly. And the CDC and Fauci knew this because they issued a report how bad remdesivir was, but they still promoted it. This is really evil, and it needs to stop, or we're going to have serious problems. Back to you, Robert. Anybody there? Is anybody there? I'm here. Hey, Robert, did you hit mute? There you go. I'm here. Oh, that's Jim and and Kelly, I hear, but Robert must have disappeared or something. Well, if his phone disconnected, the show would disconnect. He may may be, um, he he may have um, muted himself. Robert, are you on mute? Hey. While we're thinking about it and we're talking, I appreciate you bringing up Vladimir Zelenko. You know, he's got his own VladimirZelenkoMD.com website, too. But also, you can check out some interviews with Mr. Zelenko with, at COVID.Daystar.com. Have you heard of that website, Kelly, COVID.Daystar.com? Uh, no, I haven't. Yeah, well... Um, they interview a lot of these people, like even Dr. Michael Yeadon that used to work for Pfizer that was 27 years, I guess it was, with Pfizer as a chief scientist and uh, vice president in, I guess, one of the U.K. offices. And um, then there's another lady, um, Carrie Madej. She's a doctor, and she's set in some of these meetings with these world doctors around the world, and she says they're, you can catch her at Stop World Control com forward slash M-A-D-E-J, stopworldcontrol.com forward slash M-A-D-E-J. And she's been in these meetings where she's saying that these particular um, world leaders in medicine with Fauci and all that, they are trying to force transhumanism, and it's not about, you know, curing people or whatnot. And a lot of these Luciferian head big doctors actually – um, aspire to the Georgia Guidestone, and one of the first tenets of the Georgia Guidestone is you got to reduce the human population down to 500 million because the planet cannot sustain producing enough resources to, you know, help sustain 8 billion people or whatever, and it's got to be reduced. But anyway, back to you. Okay. Yeah. Um, Rob and Robert might be having technical difficulties, but yeah. The plan is, ladies and gentlemen, um, a book, an uh, 800-page book of 200 years of medical lies. Your doctor, your nurse, they were trained by a medical school that was bought out by John Rockefeller, Bill Gates, and billionaires 100 years ago. And if you weren't done with Big Pharma, you just basically lost your job. So um, the first flu shot was like 100 years ago during the Spanish flu. And uh, it was on the military uh, during World War One. People died. Um, these shots are toxic. And so, uh, yeah, yeah, every year you get your flu shot, it's just toxic. They've been trying to kill off people f- 
for a long time. So it went from a soft kill more to a hard kill. It could take maybe three, five years for these vaccines to work its way to kill you. It's, it's, it's got the heavy metal graphene oxide in it. But you can detox with it with, like, activated charcoal powder. And you can go on, and uh, there's detox regimens, selenium, different things you can do to detox. Because uh, I know you guys got family members that's probably got the, the, the shot. But uh, activated charcoal powder is very powerful for detoxing that graphene oxide out of your body because those heavy metals will work its way to destroy your body. Um, they want to reduce the population. They want robots to do the majority of the work in the future. Um, you'll have they don't want to pay um, un- uh, retirement benefits to baby boomers. Um, technological unemployment benefits they don't care to pay that either. Um, they just want people to die off. And uh, yeah, they, they're definitely Satanists. And uh, 355 year old uh, satanic organization called the Sabbatean Frankists. So that's why they're running around here um, uh, getting rid of people, and that's why, you know, Dr. Fauci and them. I believe Dr. Fauci is under MK Ultra mind control. Um, you have a lot of these, a lot of the, your leaders of institutions are, are under this mind control as well. But is, is Robert back, or is, do you guys know what happened to him? Uh, I'm here. Well, actually, I'm getting ready to call in for, um, you know, I'm actually, you know, Get ready for final comments because we uh, unfortunately uh, run out of time. Peace person's got about a minute, and then I'll have to close things out. Of course, uh, we will start with our guest, uh, Jim. Uh, so uh, we'll have some closing comments, and then we'll go with Joseph, and then you, Steve, and Kelly, and then John, and then I'll close things up tonight. Certainly appreciate everyone in their input uh, this evening. Of course, uh, if you're listening live or you're listening to the podcast, we certainly appreciate if you share the link or go to one of the many platforms uh, that have the podcast uh, and share it uh, as well. But let's go ahead and forget to you. Uh, uh, Jim, go ahead. I'll be brief. Um, <clears throat> if there's any way you can get me the recording of this uh, show, Robert, or tell me how to get it, a number of people at the meeting I were at somehow knew about your pro- podcast and wanted to know if they could hear it on replay. <clears throat> um, <clears throat> I, I just want to say that especially to Joseph and everyone, especially to Joseph, at openlettertodonaldtrump.com, the top link on the homepage, basically the top link says emergency letter to Trump. It's nine pages if you print it out. It might be eight, eight pages if you print it out. And if you would read that, it goes into how they put us under, stole our vote count through these three companies. It is not liberals gone wild. It is a vicious conspiracy by the top 300 bankers who took over China and Russia and killed 64 million in China, 38 million in Russia. They plan to do the same thing here. They can never get control, but the guns got them checkmated. So there was a conspiracy to take over our voting system. They have 100% control of it. They can beat anybody they want or they can let anybody win they want uh, because of the daggone Republican Party and news media won't challenge them. So that's Open letter to DonaldTrump.com. Click on emergency letter to Trump, and it goes through how we got here and how we can easily fix it by taking over the counties through the precincts and then counting paper ballots in the open before they leave the public site. Okay, Robert, that's all for me. Well, thank you very much. And I just sent you a text, Jim, about how I could get you the, the link. Thank you. Uh, go ahead, Thank Jim. you. You're welcome. Thank you. Thanks for coming to the show. Looking forward to having you on again.
Good. Is it my turn? Yes, go ahead. Okay. And the state of Ohio has just been called for Robert Jetter, our new president. I wish. <laughs> a little humor to end there it. There we go. <laughs> uh, Steve, it was a pleasure to have you on the show. I'm glad that you uh, made more people aware of uh, what I believe is, is going to be a very instrumental secret weapon in uh, making it um, pretty much the inevitable of taking back the House and the Senate. And uh, thank you for... Uh, allowing the political discourse to be civil. And I've learned some things from uh, you and from Kelly that I didn't know. I always love learning from people who know more than me because knowledge is power. And I always love to be surrounded with people who know more than me uh, because I, I believe that it's, it's really um, important to learn from other people um, so that you can better yourselves um, or better yourself. And so I thank you, Kelly. And I thank you for that, Steve. You learn something new every day. I learn something new in different areas, which I'm really glad I did. And um, I hope you do come back on the show, Steve, again. And uh, always a pleasure, uh, Kelly and Steve and Robert. Uh, God bless you all. Have a good night. Continue to stay safe uh, as we approach uh, the holidays. Uh, let's hope we could have a, enjoy a nice, peaceful Thanksgiving, Christmas. Wow. Can't believe it. The year's gone by so quickly. We're almost uh, around November. Take care, guys. God bless. Oh, Joseph, Joseph, thank you for your insights. I learned some insights and some angles from you, too. And thank you again. I appreciate that, everybody. We can have civil disagreements or agreement without being enemies. And I think Robert always accomplished, and all of us have always accomplished that on this call. Absolutely, and you're welcome. And once again, uh, you are a brave patriot for doing what you're doing. I know you're humble, but I believe you to be a very, really brave patriot for what you're doing. If we have more people like you, uh, we could definitely turn a lot of minds around uh, in a more quicker time frame. Well, thank you. Well, they should, they, cert, they uh, certainly should have listened to him a lot, lot earlier. <laughs> but go, go ahead, uh, Kelly. Yeah, it's glad to uh glad to hear a number of voices and uh yeah, the uh yeah, Joseph, I'm glad I'm <clears throat> glad to hear you too, of course. Um some uh old friends, some new friends and uh yeah. <clears throat> so what's encouraging and I'll try to make this short because others need to speak. What's encouraging is I'm seeing a whole bunch of people waking up to, I mean, what I already knew. I've tried a little here and there over the years. <clears throat> I went to a, because California Governor Nuisance is trying to, um, oops, I mean Newsom, Nuisance, all right. That shall be vaccinated to work in the medical field or work with the state, and I'm seeing homeschool moms showing up at protests. I'm like, great. I wish they would have been there 10 years ago, but you know what? People are waking up, <clears throat> and Hopefully America is going to overcome this, and I, I sure I sure hope so. Um, time will tell, and uh, we'll see if America prevails once again. So I guess with that, good day, <clears throat> Here, everybody, and uh, good night. Thank you very much, uh, Kelly. Appreciate it. And uh, go ahead, John, then I'll have to close things out. 
Yeah, thank you so very much for everybody. I always like hearing from everybody's perspective. I learn always from all the people, and I'm, it's great to hear from you again, Jim. I look forward to it in the near future. All these different people that are a part of America's Frontline Doctors and all these other doctors that are out there that are trying to speak up for just having all sides of the issue being spoke about, you can check out a lot of interviews at covid.daystar.com. But thank you so very much, Rob. Back to you, and we'll look forward to next week. You have a great week. I appreciate you, too. And, yeah, just uh, appreciate everyone coming on. Uh, certainly welcome to have you, uh, you know, back on our next episode. Uh, yeah, gonna, you know, try to get some you know, candidates and try to get some of these uh, other meetings, some information from there as well, also, you know, to our audience. And, and definitely appreciate people uh, following us. Now, also, one thing you're know, working at is, we really got to start working against these vaccine mandates because uh, I think that is probably the second most important issue uh, that we're facing right now. First, of course, is election integrity and, and doing what uh, Jim brought to us today, or else we're not going to be able to really get anything done. Uh, they're just going to continue to own us. Uh, but anyway, looking forward to it. Uh, we appreciate uh, you coming on. And uh, we'll end tonight as we do every uh, night of the show. That is with the song by Aubrey Ashburn. Uh, Take care, folks, and we'll see you next week. Good night.
With the Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.